What's up, podcast world? Another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody coming at you. Chad Belding, your host. Thank you all so much for the support. Don't know if you all have been paying attention to the last few episodes, but I've been talking about the North American Whitetail Championship 2019-14 regions across America and Canada. All archery. It's driven by passion and respect and ethics in the outdoors. Wicked outfitters in the state of Kansas, plus Michael Waddell and the Bone Collector crew down in Georgia are putting it on the 2019 North American Whitetail Championships. $300 get you entered to qualify for your chance to win $50,000 cash money. So go on nawtc.com, get qualified for $300, get that gift bag that's already valued at well over $300, put your skills to the test. Tell them Chad Belding, the band of the Fat Life Crew sent you, we're excited about it, and thank you guys very much for letting us be a part of it. Very, very humbling. 2019 North American Whitetail Championships, and myself, I'm probably sounding a little bit out of breath because I got my ass kicked in the gym today, and I left the gym kind of feeling kind of defeated, and Aaron, you can talk a little bit about this in a minute, but I wanted to introduce our guest today, and when I talk about this, I, I might sound a little intimidated, and I don't get intimidated a lot, but one thing that I don't pay attention a lot in life is um, the martial arts, and I told you guys when I was talking with my buddy Zach Rubo that one of my biggest regrets in life is not becoming qualified or more ingrained or more um, getting down in the weeds with mixed martial arts or any of the, the disciplines that that martial arts pertain or even boxing for that fact. So what the ladies that are sitting across this table for me today, um, one of them, which you pronounce your last name Parati. Yes. It's an Italian last name. It is. So I like assume that. your husband's Italian, but you're from a his, Hispanic background, yes. you said. And Kelly Parati is the owner and founder of Conviction MMA in the northern Nevada city of Reno, Nevada. One of the only female owned MMA clubs in the West United States, or is it just in the state of Nevada? In the state of Nevada, northern, northern Nevada. North, oh, northern, so just about northern Nevada, right? Yep. And the, the lady sitting to your left, my right, is Erin Pandola. You all have heard her on here before. Her husband, Matt Pandola, and herself run Pandola training and I get that right I'm starting to get that right every time Pandola project on this uh, on the Instagram account but you have been with Kelly for the last about 18 months is that fair to say or has it been longer than longer, that three years three years and you are now a first degree black belt in what we call the MMA discipline yes correct and that's what I want to get into today because I got into that with Zach a little bit you are an eighth degree black belt in MMA right <laughs> not eight how many, how many five five fifth yes, degree fifth. Uh-huh. and you're also a first degree black belt in yes. Brazilian jiu-jitsu yes correct okay so the other night at the fights we were watching the the Crawford Con fight which I don't like how it ended but I don't know if you guys watched it but Con was getting smoked and they he got kind of hit with a low blow and then his corner threw in the towel but he was going he was going to get knocked out anyway but through the night we progressed into some conversations Zach was here Matt was here and then I had a buddy named John Kerry I don't know if you know that name John Kerry but he knows who you are he's won um, a couple Pan Am golds he's a third degree Brazilian jiu-jitsu he was on the the U.S team for 13 years and represented America and now he owns John Kerry construction here in, in Nevada but he he him and Zach and Matt got talking and your name came up a bunch and he was like man Zach you're you're fourth degree black belt you're way too young because they were saying like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt takes 10 years about from when you start it to your first degree and you and I went over this last time we talked Aaron um, just tell me a little bit about the foundation of what MMA, this discipline of MMA means. Yes. Well, you know, basically it's mixed martial arts. So 
you know, we used to have your martial arts is just the general term when you're here in America. A lot of times people will just put martial arts on the front of their school. Now you may walk in and it could be a traditional martial art. It could be Kung Fu. It could be Taekwondo. It could be, you know, Goju Kempo. It could be anything, right? You just have to kind of go in and see what that instructor is teaching or where they came from. Uh, you know, as martial arts has, as in, has evolved, a lot of martial arts schools have started to take on the more practical side of martial arts, which is going to be your Thai boxing, your jujitsu, your street self-defense. Uh, our style that we teach is a blended style of everything. Our roots came from Taekwondo. So the discipline and the foundation came from Taekwondo. We still do traditional kicking. Uh, but I'd say 70% of our curriculum is going to be Thai boxing. And then we have our street self-defense, which is important. And then also uh, our ground. So street self-defense, is that where like Krav Maga would come in? Yeah, very similar. So chokeholds, bear hugs, you know, wrist grabs, people swinging at you, but all geared towards self-defense. So, you know, you have the sport of Thai boxing or the sport of boxing and, you know, there's rules, you know, it's like basketball and street basketball, right? Yeah. You know, you can throw elbows on the street. You can't in the regular game of basketball. Um, the same thing goes with street self-defense. So street self-defense is going to be your... You're, we're finishing this fight as quick as possible. So we're doing a lot more damaging techniques. I don't teach any of my students to punch back in a, in a self-defense scenario. You know, usually if, you, if you've ever been in a fist fight, you know, if you punch somebody bare knuckle, you're probably going to hurt your hand before you're going to hurt their face. So uh, we teach more eye gouges, elbows, knees, things like that when it comes to the street self-defense. So when you hear the words, when you hear the word or the discipline of Krav Maga is, yeah. is to me, this is the coolest discipline there is. The more I learn about, the more I talk to Neil who's oh, yeah. in the gym, it just seems like it's such a, it's Oh, all, Neil Fincher. Yeah. Neil. Yes. yes. I love him. Yes. He's an yeah. amazing guy. And we'll yeah. talk about Neil in okay. a little bit, but it seems to me like whether you're a woman or a young lady or a young man or anybody that lives in today's society, it seems like that would be a, a one that you could pick, you know, go to and say, all right, if something does happen to me out on the streets, I'm going to mm -hmm. be equipped and trained in this. If I was going to pick one discipline, my question to you, Kelly, is would it be Krav Maga or would you start somewhere else? Gosh, that's a great, it's a really great question. I think for, it depends on the individual for sure. Uh, I, I'm a big advocate for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So, you know, I do lean towards that. But when it comes to situational awareness and, you know, specific attacks, you know, the, the you can't deny the Krav Maga. Now, there's a lot of different styles. I think Krav Maga kind of became the generalized term now that people use. The that It's an Israeli art. And if you watch those guys back in the day, like the the, the real dudes that came out, from there, I mean, they're no joke. Like, nobody's gonna mess with them. And then people like Neil, who went through that whole program, uh, I mean, they're total badasses. Can I say that? Yeah, you podcast? can say okay. that. <laughs> um, total badasses. Like, like, Neil's phenomenal, and his roots are Taekwondo. You know, so he started as a traditional martial artist and then moved into that practical martial art. Um, so, you know, I, it's, it's really hard. To say, but I think that's why I designed a curriculum that incorporates a wide range. I think that 
you know, you have to know how to defend yourself on the ground. You know, a lot of the statistics will show that, you know, 80% of altercations are going to end up on the ground. I mean, you see it, bar fights, different things like that. They end right, up but wrestling. it seems to me if you're in an alley and some guy comes at you with a knife or a gun or something and you have the, I don't know if that fights necessarily might go to the ground. That might be something where you need to throw yeah. punch somebody and get the weapon into a Absolutely. safe neutral position. Absolutely. What I love about the lifestyle and I love this about Aaron, I tell her this all the time is that you look at Aaron and she's very, she's fit, she's in shape and she's very unassuming to what she can do as oh. far as, uh, as far <laughs> as athletically, as far as core strength, as far as balance, as far as everything that goes in to being a badass like you're saying, you look at Aaron and, and what I love about the lifestyle and the discipline of what you guys are doing and you bring up Neil Fincher is that it's so humbling because Neil could literally destroy me in a matter of seconds. And when I'm in the gym with him or I'm eating a piece of salmon with him over at Bountiful Gardens or whatever that restaurant he takes me to all the time, he, you're just like, you're the sweetest dude in the world. And that's what I love about people that go through this discipline is that one, it teaches you that you you have the ability to do this, but you also have a respect for the human spirit. You have a respect for yourself, your body, your kids, your friends, other fellow Ameri- other fellow human beings, not just Americans. And the other thing that I really love about the lifestyle is that you you have the ability to. Um, defend yourself in a way to where what you're saying is that you're not going to go into an altercation to show off and say, rah, rah, look at me. That's almost against the rules from what I've learned about this. And it's like, all right, you've pushed me too far in here. It's go time. Mm -hmm. And so those things mixed to me is like, um, and and the last thing I'll say, and I want you to talk on all three of these topics in a second. So remember these, Aaron, and I want you to talk about where you're at, Aaron, is the other part of it is that you both are in your thirties, right? So you, you guys are in your mid thirties to thirty seven more in there I'm guessing I know you are you're what 35 43 oh you're 43, 43. Yeah. you look good <laughs> well 43 is not old either but that ethnic gene saves me <laughs> what what is, what is cool about this lifestyle is that I, I think a lot of people assume that if if you don't start when you're five years old that you it's too late you have been in mixed martial arts according to what I've learned about you is for 23 years so 43 minus 20 is 23 minus three is 20 and you have been in it for 18 months or two, three, three years, three years. Mm-hmm. And you're 35, eight, 38. So you've been in it since 35. So it's never too late to start. Mm-hmm. So that mixed with the ability to defend yourself mixed with the humility that it plants a seed in your head, in your soul, there's not a better way to live life that, and I'm not saying that you can't go out and achieve other things in life, business wise or relationship wise or nothing, but it just seems like this mixed martial arts or the disciplines that you guys are teaching at conviction are a necessity. And I have such a huge regret or a huge void in my life for not even getting into it. And maybe it's not too late now. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I just turned 31. You should be coming in this week. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, why don't you start now? I should. I just like when I, when I, it's the more you get ingrained in what we do in the gym and in that little room at Pendola training, you, it's like, man, I'm, you, you look at other people and you're like, he's kicking my ass. Or you look at less and you're like, he's 78. I want to, I want to strive to be doing that when I'm 78. And people are like, no, man, when you're 78, you're going to be on the couch and you're just going to, you just want to relax your golden years. I'm like, no, man, 78 less makes it look young. So I think all of that in a nutshell is what I want to talk about today. That's the theme of what I see in you two as individuals. You walk in and you're in shape and you're beautiful, but you're unassuming to where you guys could kick the living piss out of somebody if needed. But that's also not what this lifestyle teaches you. It's about, it's about mental strength and respect. And if you need it, I got it. 
And I think that that's so cool that you don't jump up and roundhouse kick when you walk into the <laughs> studio today to show off how badass you are. And you've won two world championships in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Am I off on that? No. Yes, you've won sure. two world championships. So I keep peeling back this onion of who Kelly Parati is and who Aaron Pendol is, and it never ends. And it's that's the coolest thing about this freaking lifestyle that you guys take part in is that you don't brag about it. You don't need to. You just got it. And when you start peeling back those layers of that onion, you're just like, really? Man, I'd be bragging a little bit if I won two Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I'd have, <laughs> I probably wore the, wore the medals in here today. You look like a little Mr. T starter kit or something on you or something. So let's start with, let's start with the mental game of this, Aaron. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're a mom. Yes. You're a business owner. You meet Kelly. I don't know how you met, but let's go through the story. You get involved in Conviction MMA 36 months ago. Now you're a first degree black belt, currently working on your second one. And you continue to strive for more and more excellence in your life. And you're, you're going into your, you know, you're 38 years old. You're almost into your 40s. That's not midlife yet. But aren't you just satisfied sitting at home, being a mom to Mia and, and sitting on the couch and, 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 and making sure that you... That this you, one? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No way. <laughs> I mean, Mia is definitely my first priority, but that also is what keeps me happy as a mom, you know, having these other things that are just for me, you know, and that's how I see martial arts and, and Kelly and that whole part of my life. It's like, I wouldn't be myself if I didn't get to have that, you know, I'd be missing a huge, a huge chunk of my life. And then I don't think I'd be the best mom that I can be if I didn't have that. So no, it's very important to me. How did you meet Kelly? I actually met Kelly, gosh, 20-something years ago. My dance teacher at the time said, hey, come take this cardio kickboxing class with me. I was like, okay, it sounds fun. Yeah, I died, and I was, but that's how I met Kelly. And then um, we lost touch for a while because I did that for a few years. And then once I had Mia and we wanted to get her into something when she was four, and Matt said, oh, I know exactly where we need to go. So best decision we made and we've been there ever since so Mia's four and that's what that's how you got into the conviction yep. family is that you signed Mia up for Kelly's courses yeah I went in and I said well if Mia's gonna do this do you even have classes for adults and they're like yeah of course we do <laughs> so I kind of had that same mindset as you I was like well gosh I'm 35 I don't even know if I can start doing this you know um but yeah, absolutely. So as soon as Mia started, I, I started that same week and we've been going ever since. Be honest with as good a shape as you were in at that time and as good a shape as you were in now. I don't know if it's a lot better than you were 36 months. I don't remember yesterday. And I, I, I was, <laughs> I was with you a lot three years ago. I was right. seeing you just as much then as I do now. Was it a huge, was it, was it very difficult to make that transition from just being into these, these core movements and the stuff that you do at Pandola and now moving into this, the clinches and the rolls and the kicks and the, in the combat part of it? I mean, yeah, it's definitely different. I grew up dancing, so I, I do have a bit of an advantage there as far as the flexibility and the balance, but, um, it is a, a mental shift, I would say. And that's where I think I've grown the most is my mental capacity. I mean, I've definitely grown physically, but the, the mental growth is, it has been the biggest for me for sure. So tell me when you walk into conviction and, and bef you know, I'm talking about after you signed up, now you're mm -hmm. in the adult class. Are you intimidated when you're in there? I, I don't say intimidated. I mean, no, because everyone, that's part of the culture. You know, we talk about the culture at Pandola and I would say that's a huge 
thing about conviction of martial arts. It's the same thing. It's the culture you walk in. You're just like, oh, this place is great. It's welcoming. Everyone's so supportive. There's not any of that intimidation. You don't feel like, oh gosh, I, I'm, you know, people are going to be looking at me weird or I'm doing something wrong. Everyone's very welcoming and helpful and supportive. So no, I don't, I wouldn't say intimidating. I don't know if that's the right Kelly, is she, is, if she's not intimidated, can you see right away that she's ahead of the curve coming in at 35 years old, but being in the shape that she is with the core strength, the balance, the equilibrium, everything she learned in the dance game, her, her, her professional career is in, you know, as a personal trainer and she's more than just a personal trainer. She's certified in a lot of different areas, but could you tell she was a little bit ahead of the game or she had an advantage? Oh yeah. I mean, instantly, you know, the, the minute I teach her, you know, her body awareness, uh, her, just her ability to learn and mimic too. Um, she can watch something and, and do it, uh, was far beyond what the average person is that comes in the door. So, you know, normally it takes anywhere from, it takes usually about four years to get your black belt, you know, Aaron, it was obviously a lot quicker, you know, she, she was also there every day. So, you know, she's, you know, where most people will come, you know, two to three times a week, you know, she's there four or five double days, you know, so, you know, her, her learning curve was much, much faster for sure. And then the athlete that she is as well, uh, obviously played a huge factor for her. So, but with that being said, I had a lot of other black belts graduate with her and, mm -hmm. you know, you could line them all up and they all look completely different. You know, I've got a couple athletes, I've got, you know, a lot of moms, I've got, you know, lawyers, doctors, nurses, lactician yeah. consultant, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a wide range of people. What about physically? What is the difference physically? So are there any physical differences uh, or is everybody ripped huge. up? Huge. No, no, no. Uh, there's some huge differences. You know, I've got people that couldn't even, you know, I do require a minimum physical requirement in order to get your black belt in a lot of different areas. So, you know, I require a certain number of pull-ups, push-ups, sit-ups, mile time, three-mile time. You know, I want them to, you know, self-defense is all-encompassing. You know, sometimes people think, oh, it's just being able to kick somebody's ass and defend myself. But self-defense is, you know, is taking care of yourself too. You know, it starts there first and making sure that you're in shape and that you're strong enough to be able to do that, right? You know, if somebody attacks you or you're in a situation like that, I mean, adrenaline hits in and if you've never felt that before, that could be debilitating and um, could, you know, really be, you know, life or death. And so for me, making sure that people can control their state of mind and then also to be able to control their heart rate and deal with it at a super high level, um, then, you know, I think it makes a big difference than the, somebody that had never been put in that situation before. But I do require a lot of physical requirements. What do you mean I require? I'm asking, like, are you certified to give the black belt? And is your school different than somebody in San Jose? His requirements or her requirements yes. are going to be different than Kelly's? Yeah. So everybody is different. Martial arts is very arbitrary. You could walk into a martial arts school here in Reno, and they could be totally legit, or they could be full of crap. You know, um, nothing is monitored. So you really do have to do your research on who you go and train with. Uh, you know, for me, I trained under my ex-husband and, uh, you know, he's now, I don't know, he's been doing martial arts. He's way older than me. 
Um, but, uh, you know, he's been doing martial arts for close to 40 years in, uh, you know, his lineage, he started with 32. He started, no, he started when he was a kid. Yeah. He's not that old. He's not seven. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just trying to figure out who you yeah. are. <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, so he, his lineage, obviously, you know, who he came from, it was, it was there. It was present in the gym. You could tell where he got his black belts from. They were all recognizable people, all people that, you know, uh, are reputable, you know, and then sometimes you'll walk into gyms and people are like, Oh yeah, I'm a, this black belt in there, you know, 19 or whatever. And you're like, well, how, how was that possible? Or who did you get that from? Or, um, so there, it, it is very arbitrary. Anybody can go to dragon Springs on wells and buy a black belt if they wanted to, you know, um, nobody monitors that. So you do have to do your research as a student when you're going into the gym and seeing who you're learning from. So, uh, you know, our curriculum that, that we teach, you know, I kind of designed it with my ex-husband when, when we owned freestyle martial arts here, uh, in Reno. Uh, and so, uh, I kind of follow that same curriculum, but again, it was always ever changing and evolving. And so I think that as any athlete or any professional, you have to do that. I mean, you watch basketball played now and basketball played in the seventies. It's completely different. You know, same thing with gymnastics. You have to evolve with the times and you learn, um, you know, there's a lot of beauty in martial arts and there's, uh, you know, a purpose for a lot of the old traditional styles. Um, but then you have to come back to practicality and you have to look and say, okay, you know, this, worked then because we didn't know this now, you know, so now we've kind of just evolved to more of the Thai boxing, street self-defense and jujitsu. It's going to be the more practical arts that people are practicing. So when you talk about a camp or like an, an academy or a team, like what Greg Jackson has, and you've, you were on Greg's team and is he in New Mexico? Yeah. Albuquerque. Uh, yeah. He's a badass. A um, lot of cool, a lot of cool vibes come out of that camp right now with John Jones and his reemergence, right? Mm-hmm. Is Cowboy there? Cowboy is at BMF, so a, but yeah. So there's, there is just a recent shift, you know, on that. So, so Cowboy is no longer at Greg Jackson's, you know, that was, um, uh, just recent. So, so sad. Uh, so but. when you, when you, yeah, it's sad, it's sad in the way that Cowboy Cerrone is a freaking, like he is, like, Amazing. he's my number one go-to right now, as far as like my favorite guys to watch fight him and John Jones are, Yeah. even though all of the trouble that John's had, my question to you about a camp like that and how it portrays to you, Aaron, it, it, with conviction is, is there ever a time? Cause it seems to me like if I go into Greg Jackson's camp and I'm like, I want to be in MMA as I've walked into Uriah's gym, I've been in, in Dan Henderson's gym down in Temecula. And the first thing that I see is that the mental strength of these fighters is like, nothing's going to break me today. Mm-hmm. I might get my nose broke. I might go, I might get a little bit of a head kick trauma to my thing. I might get a rib broke, but I'm going, and there's a lot of females in these classes and you're watching. So at any point, Aaron, when you start at conviction, you've never been in an octagon, right? You've never had a competitive fight yet. No. Okay, were you ever like, I can't take this? Was were you ever mentally defeated? And Kelly, did you ever try to mentally? Do you try to mentally get in these guys' dish to where you're like, hey, you either you either can take this or you can't, or is it to each their own? Is the respect level there to where nobody's ever pushed mentally in there, or do you almost um, break? <laughs> I say that's definitely different for everyone, but yeah, Kelly, I've especially, I would say, you no, know, not necessarily on a daily basis, but. 
the the black belt test. Yeah, I got pushed a ton through that process mentally, you know, just a lot of uncomfortable situations, but that's what makes it so much better at the end. You're like, oh my gosh, I actually did these things. I can't, I'd never thought that I would do some of the things. So, um, I think it's all positive, you know? No, she's like superwoman. So <laughs> I had to like really find something to test her, you know, and that's what I do. I mean, I have mo- usually just the process of testing for your black belt or going through the martial arts program is hard enough. Uh, the physical requirements are hard enough, but then you got Aaron, you know what I mean? So she's like learned super easy in great shape. You know, the physical requirements weren't going to test her really. Um, she was already at that point. Uh, so for me, that test needed to be something else. Same thing when Zach tested for his fourth degree, you know, I had to find those things to, to really push them out of their comfort zone. So, you know, for Aaron, it was heights, you know, she's afraid of heights. She doesn't like being up high. Um, so we ended up doing this ropes course, uh, because I think there's a few people that were dealing with heights, but it was really, really hard for her. And so, but she didn't give up because she had a support team that was there to help her and get her to that point. And I think when she was done, she was like, holy shit, I did that. Yeah. You know, a ropes like, course as in climbing ropes yeah. from the floor to the ceiling. Oh yeah. No. Um, it's outdoor, <laughs> outdoor. Um, it's, uh, Oh man! Why can't I get a plug? It's on the base of Mount Rose, right by Mount Rose Ski Resort. Right? Yeah, I'll Tavern, remember the Sky name. Tavern. Yes, yes, Tavern. Tavern. Thank you. Yeah, they were phenomenal there, and they did a lot of team bonding and building. And then we did these climbs. But I mean, you're up in this tree, and it's literally—I mean, you're attached to cables and stuff, of course, for safety. But she is like—I mean, this this tree is going like this, and she is like holding onto it like a, like a koala bear, you know, and like having to work her way up to stand up. If, I mean, it was she, like, is she rigged in? I mean, it, it, if are you rigged yeah, in no, yeah, she's rigged in, but you don't feel like you are, there's no tension, you know, so you don't feel, but if she falls, she's not going to die. No, 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 no. So, no. Okay. It's not like free solo. So, <laughs> so this is, this is more of a, if I take another movement forward, I'm going to lose my grip and I'm going to fall. And my rigging's mm-hmm. going to catch me, but I failed the test. So you're holding on for dear life as in I'm using all my muscles to seize this tree. And now I have to figure out a way to execute movements up this tree. And you're probably, you're, 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 you're f- f- being afraid of heights is preventing you from really being, you know, you know, just free, you know, free motion and, and oh, yeah. doing what yeah. you would do in the gym. Right. right. No, I, I think I was having a panic. I've never had a panic attack. I think that was a panic attack. I was like crying. I didn't know what I was sweating. I was just, yeah, it was very traumatic. But again, I know that sounds negative, but it wasn't, it was the best thing that happened because after completing that, we had sparring that night and I was like, Oh, I got that. (laughs) If I just climbed that 63 foot tree and then you had to jump to a trapeze thing. So once I completed that, I was like, oh yeah. So I you're in this. a black, you're in a conviction MMA. It's all done in a gym or in a studio. You got mats on the floor, mats on the walls, mirrors, so you can watch your form. How does an instructor like you, Kelly, find out that Aaron Pandola is afraid of heights? Is this through friendship or do you do a test with all of your clients to find out what they're afraid of? And, no, I, or students, well, I should say students. I did. I kind of, I ask little questions here and there and a lot of them don't realize it, but I kind of just will get to know everybody and I kind of learn different things and I learned that. I mean, this girl doesn't like to fly. She doesn't want to jump out of an airplane. She doesn't like heights, you know? And I was like, 
find, like there's a few people I have to do that with. Like I have to figure out how I'm going to push them to make them understand the purpose of the test. You know, everybody's like, well, that has nothing to do with martial arts. I'm like, it has everything to do with martial arts. That's what's you know? so, that's what's neat about how I started this off about being in a nutshell, those three or four different topics mm-hmm. is that I would never guess that. I would drive by Ski Tavern and see a bunch of people out there just being, you know, kind of uh, X Games guys or somebody that don't have any fear of that stuff. But now you're mixing that with the disciplines of being able to defend yourself. And the mental picture, the emotional part of that is, look, I'm, 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 get, I'm ridding myself of fear. Mm-hmm. Because like what you said, if a oper- or if a, if something, I, I don't want to interrupt you. I want you to go back to what you're saying. But if something presents itself to me, it's either fight or flight, right? You got to go. It's go time. And that's what's so special about somebody like, let's say, you or Cerrone that gets in that octagon. You can't go in there and just take a paycheck. You got to go in there. And the disciplines that you've been training with are telling you. I'm not going anywhere. That gate shut. It's go time. And in real life, if you're in that alley and somebody comes at you, you can't be like, oh my God, and, and, and hug him like a koala bear and hold on to him for dear life when he's trying to take your purse. Right? You never can't mind, do that. Never mind, I changed my mind. Yeah, yeah never mind. <laughs> yeah, right? So you can't do that. You got. It's got to be go time. And that's what this exercise is teaching her is like she pushed herself something like she could go into the gym and destroy somebody and V ups or something that, you know, course and all that. But now you have Aaron Pendola in a vulnerable situation. And that's where she has to test herself is like, you're very vulnerable at that time. It probably wouldn't have taken much to get you off that tree. Maybe a big wind gust, maybe your phone rings and it vibrates in your pocket or something. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, because you're so scared. But you, your vulnerability in that instance is what you're trying to get over. Because when you're in a situation, when you're walking out and you've had two glasses of wine and you're with your buddy and you're walking out of a bar and it's go time, you're vulnerable right there. You're not ready for it. You're not ready for that instance of somebody saying, hey, give me your money. Give me your purse. It's time to defend yourself. You can't be vulnerable, right? Yeah. It's the same feeling of adrenaline too. You know, no matter what it is, whether it's heights or whether it's somebody attacking you, you know, it's feeling, it's, um, you know, overcoming that fear and being able to control your state. You know, that's what I always tell everybody is being able to control your state. Um, You know, martial arts is an individual sport. It's you walking out there, you know? It's you performing, it's you digging deep, but you have training partners and, you know, just like training at Jackson's, you know, I was there for about nine months, like a good solid nine months, technically was living there for about a year and a half, but I was like bouncing back and forth when I didn't have a fight. Um, and, uh, those people became my family, you know, like they, you, when you, are doing an intimate sport like that and you're training so hard and you're pushing each other and you're, you know, it's the blood, sweat and tears, you know, and, uh, they become really, you become very close very quickly. And so I think having her team there, had she been doing that by herself, you know, I don't know if she would have done it. I think she probably would have climbed down and been like, you know, that was cool. I tried. Um, but because we were all there and, um, you know, we were there to just be there for support, just mental support. I think it gave her a little bit more strength, you know, to, to complete it. And to but she doesn't it. have that team when she gets jumped in an no, alley. No, but so as part now two. she's done something so that is, she knows that she can do. And we helped her get to that point to where, you know, when she is by herself, she knows that she can do it. Yeah. That's freaking cool. Yeah. So second degree black belt is going to be a taller tree or jumping out of an airplane. Heck yeah. Oh, I'm going to be there for this one. I'm going to be there for this one. I've never seen Aaron vulnerable or her and Matt. All they, you know, Matt, Matt and her, they, they, 
vulnerability doesn't set Watch in in that Matt gym. Watch Matt do jujitsu with me. There really? You go. <laughs> oh, I'd love to see you choke him out. So, what does the word conviction mean to you, Kelly? I can look it up in Webster's. I can look it up in, in, on the internet and find out a definition. But what does it mean to somebody like you that has dedicated her life to this this skill set and these disciplines, this lifestyle? What is the? Why do you name? Why do you name your business conviction? So that's a great, it's actually a really good story. So, um, when I was fighting for Jackson's, uh, Gina Carano was going to make her come back. So she was there as well. Um, we became super close friends, uh, while we were there and, um, you know, her, you know, everybody comes up with these fight names, you know, like some of them are pretty lame and some of them are super cool. Uh, but I think her fight name is probably the best fight name that has ever been given and it's conviction. So it's Gina Carano. She's conviction. Um, and so I always told her, I'm like, man, I love your fight name. It's so good. Cause everybody's like, Kel, what's your fight name? I'm like, I don't have one. Like nothing's sticking with me. I'm just going to stay with, you know, Kelly for right now, you know? And, um, cause I didn't want to do something dumb and then later want to change it or, you know? And so conviction to me, uh, was just such a powerful word, you know, it's intention, it's doing something with purpose. And, uh, and talking to Gina, people don't realize it, but she's a super deep person. You know, she's, she's very spiritual and, uh, super smart. And, um, so talking to her about conviction, you know, I told her, I'm like, man, that would be such a sweet name for a gym. And she's like, Oh yeah, it would, huh? And that was, you know, when I was at Jackson's and then when I decided to open my gym, you know, I sent her a message to make sure that it was cool, you know, cause I didn't want her to like retire and want to open a gym, but look <laughs> at her now. So now she's just this actress and successful and killing so do you have, it. do you have a picture of her up in the studio? I don't, I should, I should have a picture of both of them. I I've think never all heard the that pictures story. were like yeah. crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I should probably have a big picture of her up in there. She's And she helped me a lot, you know, being down there with MMA and deciding whether or not it was what I wanted to do. And, you know, she was probably one of the people that was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you here? <laughs> You're normal. <laughs> we're all messed up. That's why we're jumping into cages. <laughs> so you, do, you are, do you mean that? Do you really think it takes a, a screw loose to get in that thing and close that gate? I don't. I, you know... Yes and no. There, there's definitely a lot of dysfunction in MMA. There's a lot of people that you listen to the stories and they're like, man, you know, I grew up, I didn't have a mom, didn't have a dad, um, or dad was an alcoholic, this or this, you know, um, you know, you'll hear a lot of those stories for sure. Gina had a pretty good upbringing. Gina had a great upbringing. You think? I mean, yeah. like she, she didn't have, she But didn't... she had her own demons. You know what I mean? I mean, she, you know, there we all have life experiences that people know and don't know about us. And, and those were the things that allowed her to fight. You know, I just went through a divorce. Husband cheated on me. I was like super came from a great family. My dad was a Marine. Um, mom is like the best thing ever. And they all, they built me up to have confidence and be successful in life. And, you know, you go through something like that and, and it crushes you, you know, mentally your spirit. And so, you know, martial arts is really what saved me. Really? So yeah. So and th- fighting in a cage, like <laughs> did you have I got a, to punch somebody in was this, a controlled was your environment. Fir- was your first fight after the divorce? Yes, right after the divorce. So I um, But not but not your championships, right? You you were no, already no, a Brazilian no. Jiu Jitsu champion. Yeah, the MMA and no uh uh-uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu champ 
came after. Oh, came MMA. after too. So, all right. So start right there. So now you're at Jackson's. Mm-hmm. You you go to Jackson's to get into MMA and to learn how to fight and to get your first fight, or you've already got some resume going, and yeah, now but, you go there to join the team. Yeah, I already had a resume, so I um I was already you know training in the martial arts coming up on you know 20 years and so I was already a, a black belt a fourth degree black belt when I left Reno and went to Jackson's what happened was uh Diego Sanchez um is the one that got me into Jackson's they had me come down and do an interview with Greg so you it's a closed gym so you know they only invite people uh by your size, you know, like, Oh, no, we've got too many two Oh fivers. We're done. You know? So that's it. So really for me, it was, I was, it was a girl spot and I came in and, and lucky for me, I came in on a jujitsu day because their stand up is phenomenal. I mean, at Jackson's, that's where I really did learn. I mean, I have stand up, obviously had been training for a long time, but, um, happened to be a jujitsu day. So it worked out really well for me. Uh, after that, it was running the sand dunes. I don't know if you've ever seen that on some of the documentaries mm-hmm. where they do that. And uh, uh, I was like, oh, this is going to be a piece of cake, right? You know, I train all the time. I was training with Matt at the time. And, um, you know, I was in shape. And, you know, I think they thought they were going to kill me because of the elevation. Because Albuquerque is at elevation. And where we run the sand dunes is elevation. And, you know, I got there and uh, was like... Oh yeah, I'm good. And we're going up the sand dunes and I can remember him say, grab, grab somebody and put them on your back. And it was, uh, Julie Kedzie. Do you know Julie Kedzie? Yeah. Yeah. So she, uh, she's now the matchmaker for Invicta and she does a lot of like commentating and stuff, but she was the, she was Greg Jackson's assistant and, uh, one of the number one girls there. She's a pioneer of women's MMA. You know, her and Gina were the first televised women, women's fight on showtime. But anyway, so put Julie on my back and had to crawl up this hill because it's so, it's so steep in the sand. And you, you're like, every step you take is like two steps backwards. So, um, yeah, I got to the top. And then I remember looking at her and going, how many of these are we doing? You know? And she's like, she's like, he just yells out a number at some point. And then all of a sudden we're like still going up this hill. And then he's like, we're doing fucking seven, seven people. And I'm like, Okay, like we're going. So sorry, I dropped it. I don't care. Um, okay, it's awesome. Sorry. Keep going. Oh, sorry, and, uh, I was quoting mom. Cool. Mom, fine. if you listen, I was. Quoting. Oh, she's gonna hear <laughs> So uh, yeah, and then afterwards, you know, we're at the top of the hill, and I can remember during the practice too. It was like, who is this girl? Where where did she come from? You know, and so then at the top of the hill, everybody was there. You know, there was a ton of people and a lot of fighters that everybody knows and. Um, big circle. And he was like, everybody, this is Kelly. We want to welcome her to the team. Oh, nice. Yeah. And That's so, a cool accomplishment. Um, yeah. Is so Holly there at the time? Holly was there at the time too. So, so. when you say good at stand up, like that would be one that's considered oh. badass at stand up. That girl dro- dropped me with a leg kick to the stomach. Like I'd never been dropped ever until I went my first week. I got chopped like so five times. Did you know with your experience, <laughs> did you know when she went in against Rhonda that it was... That oh, it, I told everybody to put their money down. I mean, there were so many people that called and thanked me that, that bet on her because I was like, you guys, she is going to... Crush to her. And she's going to crush her. Isn't but it? that's the thing about Rhonda is that, like, Gina's a pioneer and a trailblazer for female... Oh, 100%. And then Rhonda comes in with this, this background in judo, Olympic bronze medalist. Dana White puts her on this pedestal, in my opinion... Um, yep. she's a badass, but now yes. she opens the door to where a, a lot of popularity starts coming and flooding into the mm-hmm. UFC with a lot of talented female fighters 
Well, time. when I was fighting, there was no there. I stopped MMA there because there's no competition. There was, well, there there was no women in the UFC. No. Dana White said no women will ever be in the UFC. Right? So did it take Ronda? Did it take that fight with Holly and the the that whole aura about like the popularity of what this could be to make to change Dana's mind? Oh, I think. Rhonda helped change Dana's mind. I think Rhonda, de- Rhonda definitely helped women get into, into the UFC for sure. Um, but that, yeah, I mean, they finally saw that women could headline. The Is UFC. Rhonda Rousey a sellout? Oh man, you're going to put me on the but spot. You don't need um, to answer in a, in a, in a qualified way. This is, I want you to hear my stance on it in 30 seconds. I think she's a pioneer for what she did as far as popularity goes. I also followed Gina's career in what Gina did. And I know that Gina deserves just as much of that because she was the first televised Showtime fight. She was a badass. She was a hundred percent into this lifestyle and making it popular. Rhonda comes in. She has some fights where she gets some throws done, beats people's ass, gets all this popularity, goes on the Ellen show, goes on the Jimmy Fallon show. And now she's like, oh, unbeatable because everybody's telling her she is. And now all of a sudden you get this flood of talent that comes in there. She gets her ass kicked, which who cares? Because everybody gets their ass everybody gets their ass kicked. And now all of a sudden she keeps her popularity going through movie roles, through all of these talk shows, through her, her, her marriage and all this stuff that she's got going on now. And then she gets hired by Vince McMahon, the WWE, and everybody's like, she's a sellout. I'm like, she's getting a paycheck. She's making a living. Mm -hmm. She did all of this for this sport. She didn't know that she was going to do this when she won that Olympic bronze medalist. She's just this little country girl. And maybe she did get a little arrogance or maybe she did get a little cognizance, which maybe is a no-no with her background and her discipline in mixed martial arts and and, and, and the disciplines of of judo and everything. I just have a weird way of looking at her because I'm like, you should still be fighting. And then the other part of me is like, no, you shouldn't go do, go make your money. You've done enough for the sport. Do you see it kind of the same way? Or Yeah, I do. I think, I think, but nobody understands what those fighters go through. You know, nobody behind the scenes, managers, people coming at them. I mean, then you look at Rhonda and she literally had so much pressure on her as a female fighter. You know, there's a lot of girls that should have had the recognition that she did. You know, Julie Ketsey's one of them. She's, has, oh my gosh, I don't even know how many fights. I mean, it, she literally was a pioneer for women's MMA, you know, and not that many people know who she is unless you're, you know, geeky like you and I, and we know a lot of different fighters, but, um, you know, Gina is another one. Misha Tate, Misha Tate is phenomenal. And I would say way more well-rounded fighter than Ronda. Absolutely. You know, so. So Rhonda just beating Misha shows you how tough Rhonda was. Rhonda yes. wasn't some, Rhonda wasn't, no. she did get a lot of notoriety. And I agree with you. It's like, I almost look at it like, it, why do they have to put them on a pedestal like that? Because it's almost like you can tell somebody enough times that they're unbeatable, you're going to fall. And <laughs> yeah. then when you fall, the public goes, oh man, I just fell. And then it's almost like the pressure to get back up there is so difficult. And Rhonda tried, but it didn't work. Yep. That's why well, what, same for Gina. I mean, Gina, Gina was trying to make a comeback when she was at Jackson's with, with us. And it's just the pressure. It's everybody in your, you know, coming at you and, uh, you have to make the right choice for yourself. And let's be honest, you don't make that much money fighting for the UFC. No. So, you know, these people are getting offered a lot more doing something else right. and they're not going to have the potential of getting injured either. So Unless you're, unless you're koala bearing up a tree, which could cause great bodily (laughs) harm. So now Aaron, now that you have this first degree black belt, is it something to where your psyche, like what 
Kelly keeps touching on as far as the growth of the MMA lifestyle. Does it, is it a bug that gets you to where now you can't put it down? You're like totally obsessed with it to where you think about it. You're, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to enjoy any of the finer things in life. The wine's gone. I'm never going to eat a piece of sourdough bread and dip it in some oil, oil and vinegar at La Strada again when I'm down there eating at the El Dorado. So all of that's out now. You got to just be this mentally focused person to where like, I'm never having fun again. I'm so disciplined and I'm going to be a second degree MMA black belt because that's what Kelly told me I need to do is is that how it is? Is that is that what you're feeling now? No, it's a cult. No, it's joking. a cult. So David no, Koresh I mean, is a conviction. Yeah. No, I have never had that mentality. I mean, as far as I still enjoy my life. I mean, as far as eating, you know, having a cocktail once in a while, any of that. Um, but as far as yeah, being a bug that gets into you and you're like, yeah, this is this is awesome. And I just don't see my life without it. Honestly, that's how, like, how, how many degrees are you going to get? I'm like, I'll keep going until I can't go anymore. You know? So it's definitely a, a big part of my life. And that's what I say makes the other areas of my life so much better. So I, I don't think I would be as happy if I didn't have martial arts in my life. And do you think that you're mentally tough enough now to face failure with a test? And if you do fail your second or third degree test, are you going to get back up the next day and say, it's time to get back in training and try to retest? I assume there's a retesting thing that you can have another chance at it. I've, I really think there is. I think I learned that through Zach. Maybe I don't know if I'm, is that right? Mm -hmm. So are you going to be mentally tough enough to face failure and in not just MMA testing, but life is this bug that you got making you a mentally stronger person in your mid thirties? Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. Yes. Um, the great thing though about Kelly and the way she teaches, you're prepared. She's not going to let you fail, you know? So you don't go into something like feeling, man, I, I, I'm not ready for this. I didn't, I didn't have time to train for this. I was, I don't know what's going on. Never, never did I feel like that. It's like, you know what you're getting into and you know, you're prepared because you trust Kelly. And she tells you, I mean, I remember going into my black belt talking to her before and I was like, I'm not ready to test for my black belt. And she's like, no, you are. And I said, fine, you know what? I'm, and I talked to Matt about it. You know, I struggled with it for, for a couple of days thinking like, I don't, I don't think I can do this. And he said, do you trust Kelly? I said, yeah. And he said, okay, then that's all you need to know. And, and I think that follows through well, for however long my martial arts career will go is that I, I have faith in, in her and, and what she's teaching me. So I don't need to, I don't need to second guess, but in the case that I, if I did fail something, yeah, I would like to think that I have that mental fortitude to, to get back in there. And yeah, because every, every day with what you're doing in life now is, is failure is always at the back door and what we do, you know, we're business owners. Yeah. So we wake up going, can we make it? Kelly's a business owner. Can we make it? We got that entrepreneurial spirit. What happens if somebody says no? What happens if a sponsor says our marketing budget's gone? What happens if three clients say, hey, man, I just lost my bonus. I can't pay anymore. I'm gone. What happens if my studio burns down and I got to get an insurance claim and go get another? There's all these thoughts that go through your mind that that mental discipline, that psyche, that that will to to make a better version of yourself every day. That's what conviction means to me. Like when I feel when I hear the word conviction, I hear like love and passion. And when when I talk, I want people to know, man, that. That, that's that's conviction like that dude's got it now that doesn't mean that you're going to be qualified to talk about everything like when you listen to the joe rogan podcast and the guy's a genius on on everything I don't, i'm not saying that i'm that guy but when i talk i want to be able to at least show the person i'm talking to with eyes wide open of being like hey i'm into this like i'm listening i'm i'm ingesting it and that's what conviction is to me so when you go into that lifestyle of conviction mma i'm thinking like you're all in and that's what greg jackson is if you're going to come into this 
this private camp and you're going to carry a 140 pound girl on your back up seven times up this steep sand dune, which sounds like, oh, I might be able to do it, but it's really almost impossible. And then you're convicted. Like that's, that word is starting to play a role in your life at an, at an age to where if you don't have conviction, life's really not worth living in my opinion. And that's the way that I go through my day every day is like, man, I want to do it. So when I sit and listen to you talk or see what you're accomplishing or watch your videos that I help, that I, that I watch you, that I post with you, I'm like, man, I, I, I hate even coming close to failing when I go in there and try to do that shit. So today when I'm in the gym and I, and I face failure and I fail today. Yeah. But what was your failure? But I, my failure today was that I was, I was just, I was trying to go a little bit too heavy on deadlift and I missed my reps. And when I left the gym, I felt like my day was, my day was not what I wanted it to be. Cause when I went into that workout, I was like, I'm accomplishing this when I saw it. Cause I was like, I'm not missing Monday. I want to test strong. I want to be there. I want to be there at the end. And then I do this. And then Matt throws this other exercise at me after I just failed on the deadlift. And now he throws this little five pound dumbbell, this five pound plate deal on me. And I failed at that. And I have Joey Gilbert in my ear saying, you're a pussy. And I got less over here saying, I'll ask it. And I'm like, today was a total bust. So now I'm thinking like, if I'm in this kind of a lifestyle, like, could I push myself to get that first degree black belt? Could I be the guy coming in there at 209 pounds, 44 years old, hunt, I drink some liquor here and there, I cook on a Traeger every day and have this whole <laughs> lifestyle? I'm like, I'm like, I want to do it. I think, and, yeah. But taking that first step to me is the fright. Because once I did it and then I go, man, three years from now, I'm going to be up on a tree hugging like a koala bear. And if I fall, <laughs> that, that really is a fright. That is scary to me. So that word conviction, if people don't understand it and, they, and you really figure out what the word means to you, because it's a really personal word. And that's why I think it's such a genius name for a brand and how Gina had it. It is a really strong fight name. Mm-hmm. Like Iron Mike Tyson. Iron's just a badass fight yeah, name. It's yeah, like it's awesome. when, I, when Tyson, I always talk about Tyson. People on this podcast probably want me to shut up about Tyson. <laughs> I freaking love Mike Tyson. But... The word conviction, it's just, so here we are. Gina says, yes, do it. I'm giving you my blessing. Now you go back to Reno. You're like, Nevada business license. I've already been in business. My ex-husband's gone. I got freestyles gone. Now it's time to go get my own business license. I got to get a sign made. You go to Yesco, Conviction MMA, you light it up, boom. You go in and you start to decorate this this place with this vision that you have, right? Mm-hmm. So what what are you what's going through your mind right now? You're the you're how how long ago was Conviction brought into fruition as far as a business? A little over 5 years. So 60 months ago, you're going through this and you're 38 years old. So you're a mature woman. You're in it. You've already you got all this experience you've been in the octagon you've been at greg jackson's camp in new mexico and now you're like man the next stage in my life the next phase of this is my entrepreneurial spirit is pouring through i don't have a husband doing it with me you might with your new husband i don't Mm -hmm. know that but conviction goes up on the wall and now you're like now what or does this whole does this whole thing just start falling in place or was there a grind at the beginning were you worried did you get scared did you have some fright going into this yeah absolutely you know i was uh i was just doing personal training uh, I came back to Reno. So I left Reno, went to New Mexico, a uh, good nine months to a year. And then I went, my family's all in Southern California. I went to Southern California and I just literally did jujitsu and yoga and I wasn't working, wasn't really quite sure what I wanted to do. And, uh, finally I woke up, I was like, you know what? I made a name for myself in Reno and, uh, and I came back. I could either be a small fish in a giant pond in California, or I could be the bigger fish in a smaller town in Reno. So uh, I came back and I started doing the personal training with 
all hopes of, you know, just saving money, saving money and, um, to try to open up a place, but people don't realize like to open up a facility, it, it costs a lot of money. It takes a long time to like save that kind of money. You know, people were coming up to me and they're like, when are you going to open your own place? I'm like, I, I really don't know. You know? The lottery. Yeah. And, um, you know, a friend of mine is actually Zach's dad, Tim Robo. Uh, he's, he's handy. He's super handy. Um, but he's actually a man with a giant heart and, um, uh, do it without crying. But he, he was one of my first clients when I came back, uh, personal training. Um, he's my 5am client those 5am clients. They, they always show up. Like they never don't show up like 5am. I'm like, you're crazy. They always show up. It's the 10am clients that don't show up. Um, but, uh, he was like, come on, Kel, when are you going to, when are you going to do it? Let's do it together. Let's do it together. And, but after being in a partnership, I just didn't want to partner with anybody. And, um, I just really wanted to do it on my own. And so I was like, no, you know, I'm going to do this on my own. And, and, uh, finally he came in and he handed me a check for $30,000 and he was like, Oh, I need a place to train at open this gym. And, um, yeah, he, He's the one that helped me start my dream. For so, sure. he, so, but he doesn't just give it to you because no. you're because you he didn't even ask for it. He, but no, no. But he didn't give it to you because you're begging him for the money. No, no, I. He wasn't. sees something in you. Yes. And he's not going to let you not do this. Yeah. He's like, get your ass and let's roll. Yep. Get, here's the thirty and he, grand. And he believed in me, you know. And then you know, my boyfriend, now husband at the time. Uh, you mean husband me. now, boyfriend? Hus- at the yeah, time. boyfriend at the so, time, husband. So you didn't get divorced again and start. You didn't get divorced again and start dating no. this dude again. No, now I have the the one, my my silver fox, as I call him. <laughs> He's got great, um, but uh, super supportive as well. You know, he helped financially quite a bit, and um, yeah, and we just we made it happen. Why do you get so tear? Why do you get so emotional talking about this? You know, five years later, and you're successful. You have all these medals and all these <laughs> all these qualifications, and you're sitting here crying because, over this guy helping you like this. Why Why are you getting so emotional? Um, you know, because he didn't have to do that. You know, there's just there's good people in the world. I think sometimes I I forget. Um, you know, I think the good Lord puts you on this earth, and you have a purpose. And I believe that my purpose is martial arts and to teach other people. And I think he saw that. So you, you think that your, your emotions right now being, being who you are and what you've accomplished, do you think that the word, the, that this is why you name it that other than just Gina's name, that you're, this word conviction and you got tears in your eyes right now talking about how this guy saw this in you. This is what you see in Aaron. This is what Aaron sees in me. This is what Matt sees in somebody. Yeah. And when Matt came over here the other night, Kelly, he brought these these five dudes that I've never met. They're just these five dudes, these boxers, you know, these guys that that need mentorship. They need leadership. They need some advice. They need a little extra pushing. They need take them out of this and put them into this because, Mm -hmm. and I see that in Matt every day. Like Matt doesn't have to do that. Matt's worth money. Matt has has a beautiful family. He's just got a big heart. Right. And so I think that word conviction plays out in this whole circle that now you're dealing with. And now it comes, it's coming full circle now with Zach doing what he's doing with the Pendola training Mm -hmm. model and fit and family. But you're getting literally, you're getting choked up about something that 
isn't sad. You're getting choked up about something that didn't hurt you. You're getting choked up about something that didn't put you out. But it changed my life. And that's what people got to understand is that that's what conviction is. Mm -hmm. That's what the word conviction is to me is that you don't have, I get choked up talking to people about a hunt that I went on because (laughs) of what it meant to me. I take a Marine out. I take a Navy SEAL that had shrapnel in his brain. He's lost all of his motor skills. He lost all of his short-term memory. And the first thing that he says to me is thank you. And I'm like, you're thanking me because we're duck hunting. And I start crying about this guy that went over nine times and was a SEAL Team 6 and a SEAL Team 4 guy and got hurt in a freak accident. And I'm like, this guy's thanking me. I mean, how humbling is that? Like this guy has got his boots back on American soil and he has the goal to thank me for taking him on a freaking duck hunt when he's put his life in, 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 and I I get choked up thinking about Jake and thinking about the people that have found therapy and what I do. Everybody's like, oh, you're a duck hunter. You go out and you you have a fire and you do. No, it's the, when I see that picture right there, that's my number one duck hunting spot in the world. That's in Arkansas, Prairie Wings and the flooded timber. And the therapy that that, those trees have provided to me and to everybody that's walked amongst them, I get choked up thinking about it. And now that frame, you see how I left six inches around it? That that bark from that tree that that guy's standing up against is going to be the frame of that. So that bark is coming here off of that tree and dried out and is going to frame that picture. And so when I talk about that, that's the same thing you're talking about is that when I vision me, I'm like, I'm convicted. I'm in it. I just can't whip nobody's ass. And that's the cool thing about this whole thing in life is that you don't have to. You're not being judged by how good of a fighter you are. You're being judged by how convicted you are. Mm-hmm. What qualifies you to be convicted? Why does Erin have a smile on her face when you're crying? Because she understands that she's part of that. And I think that people miss out on that of, of when you see somebody like you or Donald or Gina go into the octagon. It's all about the glitz and the glamour and the whip into the ass and the blood on the mat and then Herb Dean raising your hand and and more importantly what cowboy or what you stand for is the conviction part of the lifestyle cowboy might have lost that last fight he by the way he looks unreal right now going into this i hope he whips connor's ass i hope they fight but he very easily could have he easily could have got beat by darren till darren till's a bad son of a bitch and donald went through him like a nothing better than i've ever seen anybody go through him i think it's it, becoming a daddy is what me see that. conviction i was just going into that and now you watch his whole trans transformation he puts up the harley picture once in a while he pick, he puts up the bmf once in a while but now it's that that conviction of life and that conviction of fatherhood and that conviction of loving somebody else more than you love yourself <clears throat> and i think that conviction is defined as can you love somebody more than you love yourself you have to love yourself but now what i'm learning from you is watching you cry and get all teary-eyed about zach's dad means <laughs> i'm a crier my but, whole family yeah but, I'm but, a crier. But, I, but, I, but i think people that are convicted are i think emotion is a huge part of of telling somebody who you are and, and showing that conviction in life and i think that there's really only one right way to get through life and that's through this this circle that you're facing. Now you've gone through turmoil as as an adult woman because the love of your life shows you that he really doesn't treasure that. You don't stop there. You go in and better yourself with the sand dunes. Now you come back. <laughs> now you come back and you're you 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 come back to the place that made you. Really. Joey Gilbert was with me, by the way, on that. Yeah, Joey. I, Joey just got out. Joey just got back from there again because he's yeah. down there with Diego, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's probably down there with Sanchez. He was in his like I don't know, probably his five hundred dollar dress shoes. Yeah. up at the top of the sand dunes. Like, come on, Kel. <laughs> he like, he does dress crazy. <laughs> um, 
but it now you you you're going through this as as this lady that is like hey man I, I could easily go back and get a job as a trainer again. I can easily go back and become qualified to do something. But now you're taking the next step of saying, I'm going to open up my own gym. And now the tears come because this guy goes, here's 30 grand, open up this freaking gym. He's telling you in a way, like, I want you to train me and here's my 30,000 for my future lessons. But what he's really telling you is that you have way more to offer than what you're doing. Right. That's why the tears are running down your face. Not now. But that's what he's telling you is that, hey, this isn't good enough. What you're doing right now is not who you're yeah. on this earth to do. And that's why you made the comment that you were put on this earth to, to teach MMA and teach jiu-jitsu. But it's bigger than that. It's bigger. It's the emotional support that you give somebody like her and the way that you make her feel as an individual and as a human being and the spirit that you provide to somebody through your conviction to making sure that they know where your heart is. And that's the secret of life. That's what conviction means. And when people start to understand that, it might not happen when you're 21, when you're going to the bars and you're going to fraternity parties or you're playing sport, it might not happen then. But the sooner that you learn that, the, the way better off you are in life daily because nothing can defeat you. Like Joey says, when I roll out of bed and put my feet in the ground, there's nothing that can stop me. There's nothing that can stop me. I wake up, I wake up every day at the same time. I go through the same shit, the same routine every morning. Some days are different when I go to the gym at a different time of the day or whatever, but I wake up with that same mentality every day. And I think that when people learn that, that's the secret of conviction. Because conviction is not an easy thing. There's a lot of people that are good at going through the motions or giving a black belt out to somebody that might not deserve it on Kelly's terms or whatever. Conviction means a lot more than that. And I think that that's where I wanted to get today is like, I knew that there was a little bit more about the word. And then you, ju you just showed me in the last 10 minutes with the tears that it really is a conviction. It's not about the money. It's not about how many people, I, how many asses I can get hit through this door. It's not about that. And that's the thing about people that have that mentality in life is that when you chase that part of it, that's all you're doing is chasing. Mm -hmm. When you have the conviction for it and it comes over here, you're like, oh, that just, that's cool. That's fine. But I'm still convicted. I'm still here. I'm still doing this every day. And, and that's how I live now is that I'm like, man, I could slow down a little bit. I could probably slow down. And now my whole deal is my daughter my brands and I want to be healthy and I want to live until I'm 150. I want to break the record for the longest person to live. I'm, you know, I want to do that, but I also want to have fun along the way. Mm -hmm. And I think that that whole mentality of what you just said and what you threw down there with the tears is like, that's a badass story. And that's what people need to understand about somebody that has success or has the medals or has somebody like Aaron saying, dude, this, this Kelly Prodi chick is badass. There's a lot more than goes, it goes into it. There's a lot more than you saying Donald Cerrone or Gina, Gina Carano is a badass. There's way more. So now you got the sign up and you're like, all right, I got $30,000. I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm doing this. You got a lump in your throat. You're like, oh my God, I'm really going to do this. So what's next? Is it, is it all just fall into place and, no. and business erupts? <laughs> no, because you know what? I say this all the time. Well, my dad, my dad always tells me, Kel, if you aren't making any money, it's a hobby. It's not a career. <laughs> it's true. You know? And so, you know, for the first, you know, and I would even have lots of talks with Matt about it too. You know, it's like, uh, I struggled a lot the first few years, just, I think, naturally I'm kind of a giving person. And so, you know, everybody wants a deal. And then you got all your friends that are like, think they can come and train for free. And then, you know, I went through a, a transitional period with, uh, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu as well. And so, um, you know, it was some bumpy road there for the first four years. 
and, uh, you know, you have some instructors, you lose some instructors. Uh, but I believe that, you know, I hated it when people would tell me when I got divorced, you know, everything happens for a reason, but everything happens for a reason. You know, uh, I believe that, you know, things will go so that better things, oops, sorry, so that better things can happen, you know? And so for me, all, all the, um, struggle, you know, our life, our lessons to be learned, you know, I'm great at teaching. That's what I, that's what I'm great at. Like, I know that that's what, that's where I feel comfortable. That's what I love. Um, and I love just helping people find, you know, that drive inside them. Um, you know, I suck at doing the payroll and paying taxes and doing yeah. like running the business most, most side entre- of everything. Most entrepreneurs do. So there's you know, people and, for that. They have then, people for that. I know. But then when you're like a brand new business, you make no money, you have no money to pay those people. So it's like this, but this you, ongoing you, Yes or no. Did you find a way? I found a way. That's you what know? entrepreneurs do. And so, you know, I, I do that side, you know, now I'm finally getting to the point to where, okay, I'm like, finally we're making money, you know, things are starting to grow. Also too, I had my first black belt test, you know, and then I had, you know, Aaron's group that came through. So now I think when people walk into the door with the martial arts, you know, and the jujitsu. Wait a minute, I'm not trying to interrupt. Excuse me. What do you mean you had your first black belt test? Well, for you to get as conviction martial arts. When was this? This one was. So no, um, March of 2018 was was my first first one, and then theirs was my second. So October of 2018. Okay. So, um, so, you know it became tangible all of a sudden. So people coming in the door now are, you know, walking in and they're actually seeing a black belt class. They see these black belts training. So now it's not only like, oh, that's what's going to happen. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's actually tangible. They actually see people there with the black belt around their waist. And so it's something that they, they know that they can obtain. Same thing with the Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You know, I was the, I was the only black belt on the mat at first. And then, you know, uh, Shannon Callis was just another black belt. He, he came in and then, um, Arturo Espinoza was my first, uh, student that I was able to give a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt to. And he's one of our main instructors now at the gym, you know, phenomenal athlete and phenomenal instructor. And then now I have two more Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts, which is crazy, you know? So, I mean, we have the most black belts in Reno on teaching, you know, on the mat right now that are highly qualified, so, uh, along with obviously, of course, the martial arts program as well. So, um, you know, I think now that I've got a few years underneath and everything seems a little bit more tangible for people, it's not like this pipe dream, you know, they're like, oh yeah, really? Who, who has a black belt here? And it's just so the you, instructors. Are you, are you single when you, when you start open the doors or are you, you're no, dating? No, I, your, yeah, I have. How do you meet um, this guy? So through, oh gosh, that's a whole other podcast, Chad. Okay, well we can do another one. You want to get into it? Is this guy? Is this guy with the last name? Is he like in? Is he like being? You know, like hidden right now? He can't be known. Nobody can know his name. No, no, he's the Italian hitman. No, (laughs) (laughs) is that what we're talking about here? Oh, I'm on. I just opened up a door. Kenny Parati. I call him Kenny Parati. Everybody calls him Ken, Um, but I call him Kenny. no, we met through jujitsu. There, there's another story to that, but uh, but yeah, he's 
So I your mean, mind's in a good place though. My mind is in a business. great place. You're liking yeah. this guy. He's taking care of oh, you. He's yeah. taking care of you emotionally. Like you guys totally. are happy. 100%. You're opening up this business. But at the same time now, in the last 60 months, you you are competing still, right? You're going after these world titles. One was in Nashville. I remember Matt said that you went to Nashville to compete oh, one no, time. Oh, no, I taught a seminar in Nashville. Oh, you taught a seminar. Okay. But yeah. anyway, so now you're competing, right? Mm -hmm. So is that cutting into your teaching time? Oh, because you still. So now, you, so why are you still training for yourself? Because you still have this, this hunger to go out and conquer that part of the world. Yeah, too. That's like, I gotta be a world champion. Yeah. How come you still go out and hunt? How come you're not just so, so podcast? So how many, hours, <laughs> so how many hours a day now are you, are you personally having to train? Uh, so I, oh, I would say seems that, to me like there's no time to sleep if you're teaching and you're training and you're competing and you're dating and you're opening up a business and you don't know how to do yeah, payroll. I was spread you're, thin. You're for spread sure. thin, right? Yep, absolutely. And so I had to kind of try to find some balance and then I had to find the right team to help. You know, my, my worst quality is that I do not delegate. Uh, you know, I hate asking people for help because I don't like to feel like I owe somebody something. Um, so, you know, I have to work on that. And now I have a good team of people that I know and love and trust and, and feel like I can ask them for help, you know? Um, so that's gotten a lot better for me. Um, as far as the training goes, I train smarter. Um, you know, the times that I do train, you know, my students know as well when I'm getting ready for a big tournament. So during class time I teach and we drill. And then when it becomes the live rolling, like I'm in there with them rolling live, you know, who's your instructor, who's training you through these championships. So now, you know, obviously I'm under Andre Galval, which is, uh, the Atos jujitsu organization. And, uh, if you Google Andre, he's amazing. At Atos, we're like the number one team in the world. Atos. Uh, Atos, A-T-O-S. A-T-O-S. And yes. that's, and what, what comes, is it Atos training? Atos Jiu-Jitsu. Atos Jiu-Jitsu. And where's mm -hmm. it located? Where's it? Uh, San Diego is, is the headquarters. San Diego, And you're California. on this team. Yeah. So I'm a part, I'm an affiliate of, of Atos. So, you know, we do do, he does a lot of, um, online training as well. Uh, and then we do our retreats where we go there and train with them, but predominantly, you know, it's now at this level, a lot of it's self-motivation. And then Arturo, uh, is my number one training partner. So he also competes as well. And, uh, we just, we just push each other, you know? So, you know, yeah, it's hard cause I'm a female and you know, he's a strong dude, you know, but that way, at least when I get on the mat, they're not going to be like him, right? So none you, of the girls are, are going to be, and none of the girls are going to be his size. Or are you still? Are you still competing? I'm still competing. I just got. To, I I just actually did. Uh, you know, it's so funny. Even my even my husband's like, okay, are you done? You know, and and then I think he finally realized um, after the world championships in August, um, and I won, and I called him. That that one, I I I won. You know, that last year there wasn't a lot of girls in the bracket. So I don't really, I, I kind of count it, but I don't count it. Cause I, I don't feel like I had enough matches to like really say like I'm a world champion. Um, but, uh, this year it was my best jujitsu that I, I had, a, I've, I've ever had. It was it, like, everything just fell into place mentally for me. My training was on, um, my support system was good, you know, and I remember, calling my husband and getting, coming back. And I think he finally realized like, I'm not, I'm never going to, she's never going to retire. Like she's never going to stop doing this. And the, 
jujitsu, there's master's division. So obviously it's a master. I won the master's division, which is, you know, my age category. I, I jump, um, I look for the matches. So a lot of times there's nobody in my division, which is masters three. So I'll jump to either masters two or masters one, you know, try to find where the girls are so that, you know, I have enough matches. Um, what's the difference in masters one and masters three, age masters one. Yeah. 30 to 35 masters two is 35 to 40 masters three is 40 to 43. So you're 43. You'll go down mm-hmm. with somebody's ass. It's 30. Yep. Can you go younger than that? Can you go below masters? So one I just did. So I just did. I just did. Um, well, not at yep. Pan, not or, not yeah. at Pans yeah. or um, Worlds. It's hard, you know. Pan, Pan Ams and in the World Championships. I mean, that's legit. I, I wouldn't go into the adult division. You know, those are girls that have, you know, that's all they're doing is jujitsu. They're being paid to train jujitsu. They're not running a business too, so it's a little bit different. Um, so I know my my place for sure there on that on that stage. Um, but the local tournaments, like I just did one in San Jose, uh, cause I was like, man, I just need to keep, you know, sharp and, and just kind of test myself a little bit, you know, with the jujitsu tournaments, there's times. So white belts, they compete at, uh, five minutes. Blues are six purple belts are seven minute matches. Um, Browns are, or sorry, Browns are eight and then black belts are 10. Uh, in the master's division, they're six minutes or five minutes. So I've been competing master's division for a while. And so this last weekend or the weekend before, I just went down to San Jose and they didn't have anybody in the master's division. So I jumped into the adult division, which is like the 20 year olds. And? And I got silver. I, I won my first match, lost my second match, but it was good. The girl was good. It was fun. And it was back to 10 minute matches, which I kind of like. And, you know, it was on a lower stage and um you know it it definitely pushes me and and I just love it I love competition I can't give it up I don't know what it is I was a gymnast for um before my martial arts career so for a long time good 14 years of gymnastics do you have kids I have two stepdaughters so my my husband his daughter's now uh in uh are they in it yeah so they both have done the martial arts uh Maddie uh, is our oldest. She's 14 and she just got her, she just got her black belt. You know, I just did an interview with bliss magazine and, uh, they were kind of just interviewing me and, and they asked me, you know, what's the one thing that you're most proud of? And, and, uh, you know, I have a lot of things that I've accomplished, but I think, um, her getting her, I see, I'm going to cry again. <laughs> I don't Dang care. it. I don't care. I'm, um, her getting her black belt. Um, I'm super proud of that because, you know, being a stepmom is hard. You know, the, the dynamic is, and especially at that age, I mean, 13, you're just like, oh my gosh, am I going to survive raising teenagers? You know, we have 50, 50 custody. So, um, you know, and for her, she, she wasn't getting it and it was just like killing me, you know, and, um, the martial arts. And then obviously it's something that I do. So, you know, I think she was feeling a little bit of a, a, a loyalty thing with her mom too. Like if she's choosing something that I do or, you know, there's just so much struggle when you're a kid that, at that age. And, um, you so know, has it made your guys' bond stronger? The MMA? Oh, and the yeah. I, I, I believe now. Yes. But in that, in that time period, that, that six month long test was like, a test. I mean, were you forced on my her to do it or did she want Oh yeah. It? No, she I didn't. Did. No, it was a force. I mean, we were, I, I mean, I made a point. I mean, at some point, you know, her mother was like, 
quit. You know, don't do this. You're injured. Don't do it. Just give it up. You don't like it. Don't do it. You know, and then I think even she was like, well, I don't want her to quit, but she was so tired of listening to her complain about it, you know, and, um, she didn't really understand the process cause she doesn't train in the martial arts and she's really not around. So she doesn't really understand the process and why I push them so hard. But, um, you know, my husband was super supportive, you know, and he really helped. I mean, she had to be at special training every Saturday morning at 7am. And so I made sure that she was there and, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm really proud that I didn't give up on her and because I could have, because it was so difficult, you know? Um, and I think at some point I grabbed her binder and I mean, Maddie, she just, she's super smart. You know, she's straight A student. She's all in with her friends. You know, she does everything a hundred percent. And, uh, you know, I grabbed her binder and I just put it on the desk. I said, here's a deal. You, you always are an overachiever in everything that you do. And and you are like half-assing this test. You know, you're you're coming in. You're barely doing anything. Why? Oh, she was she, was she trying to prove? Was she proving a point to you that she doesn't need to do what you say? Um, it could have been a little bit of that. It could have been a little bit of that. It could have been a little bit of like just the fact that it was hard. Would you stay she that? Never, would you have stayed that connected to somebody if it wasn't your stepdaughter? Would, if Aaron was trying to give up no, the same No, I mean, I, I literally was like, how do I fix this dynamic? So I, I ponder off into, onto one of the other instructors. You know, I do check checklist testing. They have to come up, they have to do their techniques and they have to look like damn near perfect. I'm like, nope, put your thumb here. Come back, do it again, you know? So when she would come to me, then here I am failing her on her checklist and then that would cause problems. So then I was like, you know what? And then you have to turn into journal. You have to do all these requirements and you have to do them in a timely manner. They're all, like Aaron said, everything is spelled out for you. You just have to do it. And um, so if you don't turn stuff in like a journal, that's a makeup class, another makeup class for every day that it's late, right? So it was kind of turning into this, oh, well, I'm, I don't have to do it, you know? And so I, she had like, I don't know, like 20 makeup classes that she, <laughs> that she had. I was like, this is it. So I, I gave her to one of the other instructors and was like, look, you checklist her, you hold her accountable, you do this. And then, you know, a couple months had gone by and she was just in one of the classes and I was just like the attitude, the everything. And I was like, that's it. I'm like, if you want to quit, you can quit. I said, but here's the deal. You need to ask yourself are you going to be okay with that? And I was like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing the martial arts? Well, I want dad to be proud of me when I'm done. You know, I want you to be proud. Um, and I'm like, don't do it for me. Don't do it for your dad. You need to do this for yourself. And, you know, I, I gave her her binder back because I looked at her and was like, look, you don't do anything halfway. Like either she had every, I mean, she's a phenomenal martial artist, phenomenal. All she had to do was apply herself. She could have been the best tester, you know? Um, she just fought it until about two weeks to the end, you know? She finally, like, started to figure it out, you know? I, I mean, when I gave her the opportunity to quit, I think she was like, oh, I, I don't want to quit, you know? Finally, when I said, fine, go ahead. She was like, well, Dad won't let me. And I said, well, I'll have a conversation with Dad because I'm not dealing with this, you know? You're taken away from everybody else in the class, like you know, 
if you're really done, be done. And then, um, you know, and then she finally made a choice to stay with it. And it was a struggle because she, you know, didn't put the time in that she should have done with the physical requirements. So she really was pushing all the way to the end. Um, but she made all of her physical requirements. She finished her test like super strong. And um, I think after the fact, you know, she realized why they go through that process. And I think she doesn't play any other sports. So, you know, martial arts was kind of the only physical thing that she did. And, and I think that's why I really wanted her to finish. Um, cause I wanted her to have some sense of accomplishment and what it feels like to work hard for something. Um, because everything today in today's society is like instant gratification for the kids, you know, everything's so fast and they want it now. And yeah, they don't, it, it could easily teach them that you don't have to work for anything. Yeah. And so, so did she quit the day after she got the black belt? She did. <laughs> she left the studio? Yeah, she did. She, so she did. She stopped. But I told her that she could stop after she got her black belt. But I think to this day, it's the one thing that she's very proud of that she's, that she's done. And I think that when people ask her, you know, things that she's accomplished. I mean, that's the first thing that she says. And then just recently she decided to pop into one of the black belt classes. And so she, she dropped in and I think she's starting to miss it again. I think it's been, it's been a year and I think she's like, uh, kind of missing she going has, in still there. Has the bug. Mm-hmm. She still has the bug. It, it'll be a part of her always. I think, you know, she, she had been doing it since she was six. And so I think, but for me, I'm just, I'm so happy that, that we got her to finish, you know, it was definitely a struggle and it was tension on our relationship, but I think it's also what made us closer. And I think, you know, maybe hopefully later when she's in her twenties, <laughs> she'll come back and think, what's me. the, what's the youngest you see somebody get involved in conviction? Is it four years old? Four years old. Four years old. You have to be four years old. Yep. To come at least four. And do you have several of those four year olds. We do. Four years little old. Cutie They're patooties. the cutest things yeah. too. <laughs> and Mia's, Mia's seven or eight. Seven. So Mia's in there. Yep. Mia's in there. She started at four, yeah. Mia's the... So you're like, like training tiny this, but tough. You're training, like 14-year-old girl in Reno could kick my ass and I don't think it's very cool <laughs> that, you're, that you're turning out these, these, these little badasses. They're, they're legit too. They really are so good. You so know, what, makes her, what makes her that give, give you that feeling of, I want to go back? Because uh, did you quit after you got your first degree or did, were, you, no. were, you like, were you ready to go the next day to, yeah. to start working on the second? Is, yeah. it, does, is it partly because of her? Oh, because yeah. of Kelly, For what sure. what does she have over you that that makes you want to put your mental and your your psyche and your physical being through this again? Now this is going to be another at least how long does it take to get from one to two? So the date of your first degree is two years to your second degree. So twenty four months there, and you're going to put up with this shit again. <laughs> And then at the end, you have no idea what you're going to be doing to get this test. You're ready. You're, you're already ingraining again. What does she have that makes somebody want to keep achieving this? Well, I, like Kelly said, you know, you don't necessarily want to do things to make other people happy, but honestly, that is part of, I mean, I do it. Number one, yes, for myself. Uh, number two, to show Mia that I want her to, to look up, to have some, something to work towards. And then, yeah, so it's, I, of course I want to make Kelly proud. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up on myself and I'm not going to give up on Kelly. So, and then my team, you know, Zach was a huge part of my process. Cause I, I would go in I, the day class, um, 
which I think more people are coming out, but it's a tough, I have a different schedule so I, I can be there at noon. And Zach was with me for like a whole year. And sometimes it's just the two of us. So it's that too. It's like, I have my team, I have my, my training partners. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let them down either. They need someone there to, to train with and, and to be there. So it is, you, you start to feel an obligation, but in a good way, you know, you don't want to let your, you don't wanna let your team down. But as far as what Kelly does to a student like you, is there a lot of pressure that she puts on her students that is like what she put on this 14 year old of not, I'm not saying that it was a lot of pressure, but kind of like, you're going to yeah, do this. There's you're expectations, finish. but that's what makes you, or I, I think it depends on the person. But for me, it just drove me to, to work harder. It's like, you have these expectations. Here's what I think you can do. Here's what I, here's what I know you can do. So, so prove me right. You know, show me that, that you can do these things. And then once I realize that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can do these things. And that just makes you, like gets the ball rolling and then you don't stop. It's like that momentum. You just keep going and going and going. It's like, I don't ever want to stop doing this because it is. You walk in the, again, talking about the culture and the environment. We sit there, the moms, and our kids are in class. So we're sitting watching and I look over and I'm like, do you realize there's all these little girls out on the mat and then who's on the bleachers watching? All the moms and all of us are black belts or working towards that. So it's just such a cool feeling to look around. You're like, yeah, this is pretty awesome so to be besides, part of this team. So besides that cool feeling of being part of that team and being able to see the validation or get, you know, have the validation of, man, look at all these cool moms and dads, black belts, and they got these little four and five-year-old kids run, rolling around on the mat. Where has it helped you in your personal life since you've started going through this process with Kelly and Conviction? And I don't want you, I know you're a great mom, so that one doesn't count. But where has it helped you in your personal life the most? Um, are you a better wife? Are you a better, uh, are you, what, what, where, uh, has honestly, it helped you anywhere else? Yeah, I had, um, almost two years ago, my younger brother passed and that is probably the one time I thought about quitting. You know, I thought like, I just don't even care anymore, you know? Um, but going back is what helped me get over that. So to me, that's always in the back of my head is like, Matt and I talk about all the time, like if I didn't have martial arts, I don't know if I would have recovered the same way um, that I have. So that's become something that's just extremely important to me. It's like, gosh, I could have gone the other way. You know, I could have gone out and just drank or, you know, however people choose to deal with that. But I chose to come back and, and hit some pads. And, you know, it, it really, I think, changed my course of how, how I could have been grieving. So, um, that's a huge impact on for me, you know. Do you do you find it in your psyche now to where, like, you're the, the one thing that I would say the way I describe you is like patience. Like, I don't know if you would describe yourself as that, but like, I have terrible patience. I'm not talking about like I'm a doctor. I'm talking about patience. All right. <laughs> so don't look at me all weird, Kelly. <laughs> Do you, do you learn to be patient through this process of, of like, I'm sure like doing this testing of a black belt, you're like, come on, I want to get it over with, give it to me. But it seems like you space it out to where you're now you're you're like, is it because of the physical part of it? It's so tough. You need to let your body rest. Or is that a mental game too? Like, Hey, this isn't going to come tomorrow. You're going to have six months of, of, of whether it's mental, the mental approach, or am I going to get enough sleep tonight? Have you, have you, have you learned how to be more patient? Because like when you're around some of your clients with all of your, the, of, of all of your qualifications, do you look at somebody like me and be like, are you shitting me? You can't get your legs up higher than that. Let's no. go. Or, I mean, is it teaching you to be more of a patient person? 
Uh, yeah, I would, I would say so. Yeah. And like you're saying, you know, instant gratification for everything, but you look at something like, was it June 1st? We started our test and you're like, Oh my gosh, like six months, I have to commit to the schedule and your family has to commit to the schedule because it's not easy for anybody. Um, so yeah, it does teach you to, to appreciate everything that goes into that process. Cause it's not just a, an easy, you know, here's your belt kind of thing. Like you definitely have to work hard and every, every time you're, you set foot on that mat. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good, I look at, that's why I tell Mia, cause she's like, Oh, am I going to have to do all that stuff? And I said, yeah, but you'll be ready for it. That's the thing is, is you'll be ready and you'll want to do those things and you'll want that six months and you'll want, I even talk about that now when the next black belt class, I'm like, or tests come through. I can't wait for those 7am special trainings. Cause as a black belt, we're allowed to uh, attend those classes too. And it's like, you're not forced to be there, but you want to be there. So it's just a different, it's a totally different shift. It's a cult. No, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Yep. Plus you have Kelly. We talked about this too at the test. Like the thing about Kelly is, yeah, she's an amazing athlete and she has all these qualifications and everything. But at the end of the day, she's a good person. And that's what she wants all of her students to be. You know, it's like, yeah, the athletics are there, but she cares about who you are at your core, you know? And that to me is just, it's so That's yeah, it's it's just yeah, it's so important. So, <laughs> if you if you think about what she just said, Kelly, does it like does it make you? How can I? I want to make sure I get this right because the whole process of what you're doing to build this business is not money based. It's not. I know that you need to make money in business, but you have you have a lot of other things riding on. Thank this. God, my husband has a good job. <laughs> so, <laughs> So if you fail, you just fall back on your husband. No, I'm not going to fail though. So when you see somebody come in there like Aaron and she's got this seven year old named Mia and you have these other young athletes and you're also going through this and you're competing and you're building a business. And do you look at a young lady like that? And, and you're like, this is going to form your life and shape your life for many years to come. So the mental part of it is again, is playing in at that age. When do they get it? When do they understand it? Four years old, there's no way they understand no. that. They're just in there having fun. Right. And learning how to tie up a little bit and roll around, and do somersault. It seems like, yeah. If they don't have a gym background or anything. Well, I mean, I had Zach when he was what? 10 and 12, 13, 14, when his hair was long and he was going like this. <laughs> Flipping his hair. Now he's losing teenage, it. Now he's teenage losing years. He's, <laughs> he's going to be a good looking bald um, man. You know, it's funny because my, you know, obviously I'm going to age myself a little bit, but you know, doing it as long as I have, I've, I've definitely graduated a lot of kids and adults to black belt. Uh, and I can remember all of them. You know, if I were to walk in Reno in a store, I, w I will know their name. I'll I probably even know how many pushups they did, you know, like, uh, but I have those special ones that, um, you know, obviously Zach's one of them. Uh, you know, he used to be a kid in my life and I was his instructor, almost like a second mom. And now obviously he's grown up, he's older and our conversations that we had back then are completely different now. You know, now we probably look at each other like brother and sister. Um, but, uh, the ones that have been with me for that long, uh, you know, they're, they're like, they're like my kids, you know, they've, they've grown up and they've moved on and they've become successful. I mean, I have another girl that was at my wedding. I don't, I think Erin might've met her. Um, she was with me since she was eight years old and, you know, she's been a part 
of my life forever. You know, she doesn't train in the martial arts anymore. Um, that whole group of Zach's group when they were kids, you know, they, they're all still a part of my life. They all call me when they come back to Reno, they all come and see me, you know, the one Carly that was, you know, she's super successful now, graduated from Harvard architecture and design. Um, but total badass. You just wouldn't know it, but the martial arts now, like back, I guess going back to your question, um, my ADD will kick in. Uh, you know, do I look at it at a kid and, and wonder if they're going to get it? They're not going to get it when they're young, but they're going to get it when they're older because I have a ton that have come back and shown me that. Um, so you know, and, uh, and all of the kids that have come through and gotten their black belts are super successful in life. And, and what, I really what, do. what age does that happen? I would say in their 20s. When no, they, but what age oh. does the first black belt? When can it happen? If I go in there at oh, four. Oh, minimum, minimum 10. They have to be at least 10 years old. So for their, for the, ch for the children's black belt curriculum that they're doing. So, uh, their, their curriculum is different than the adult curriculum. So then, then they'll move back up and when they test for their second degree, then they'll start to kind of learn the, the adult curriculum as well. But yeah, so you have, I guess it's 10. And you have all I these, know how many 10 year olds. You have all these success stories that mm -hmm. have come back to you in their 20s and been like, Kelly, I got to tell you, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, what you did helped brown me out in this way. Are there any on the other end of the spectrum? Are there any that you look at and go, oh my gosh, what happened? Failures that didn't make it or they're not being successful in life? Or has all of this discipline, this, this, this ideology of the mixed martial arts and the lifestyle and the conviction to it, does it turn all of this? Would you say it's 100% that they're in life now and they're ready to roll? I would say there's a good portion of the ones that have, that, you know, received their black belt that didn't quit or didn't stop. Uh, you know, I don't really know any that, that aren't successful, that haven't moved forward, you know, I mean, in life and, and really accomplished a lot of their dreams, you know, uh, you know, a lot of, some of them are, are kids and they get into those high school years and they're playing other sports. And so they, you know, move on to those other sports, but they become super successful in those sports and they get co college scholarships. Um, but they equate a lot of their discipline and their work ethic to the fact that they were training in the martial arts. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. There's something special about the martial arts. I can't, you know, sit here and say exactly what it is, but I believe that everybody should do it. I believe that it doesn't matter what age you are. Uh, I graduated a, a man. He got his black belt. He was 72 years old when he wow. got his black belt. And, um, you know, yeah, could he do all the physical requirements? No. But did I make some modifications for him? Yes. Did he show huge improvement? Absolutely you know, from where he started to where he finished. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, uh, there's always those, spe those special cases, but, um, th I think there's just something to be said. I think people that complete the process of how we designed the martial arts curriculum and how we do the black belt testing, uh, the, the six months of the black belt testing is completely different from the, their, their prior journey all the way up to that, the uh, becoming a black belt. I mean, you, you earn it and you become a black belt. You know, you don't get a black belt. You literally go through that process. And I believe the biggest changes happen in those last six months, you know, that uh, personally, I guess that's where I, where I see it, but 
Okay, so what percentage of the of the adults like Aaron are continuing for that second degree? Or do all they, of them. They I all have do? all of them except for I have all of them except for one. Um, Brent, he's had some life experiences, and he actually is the first person that I've I um, you know failed for the black belt test. Uh, he just didn't meet his physical requirements, and so you know he uh, I gave him a probationary belt, uh, but he wasn't able to finish those requirements. So, you know, obviously he would have to come back and re go through the, the black belt test again. Um, so where, where do you, where, where are you when you're 20, where are you finding this love? Is it, is it the relationship that you're in that you're like falling in love with MMA because your dad's a Marine, your mom's this sweet little thing that loved you. Like, you know, you guys bake cakes and stuff together. <laughs> and now you go to your parents and you're like, I'm going into mixed martial arts oh at the age gosh. of 20. Is your dad like, what are you thinking? Like I, I under, I'm going back a little bit, but now I'm like, after we talk about these kids and me and everybody start when they're four, you didn't have that upbringing. And, but you, you found it later in life. Do you ever go to your dad and be like, what the hell? Why didn't you get me involved in this? What, well, I was a gymnast. So those people that know gymnasts, like, man, we're crazy. Freaking, we're grinding, yeah. you know, it's like three hour a day. Um, so You're I was definitely an athlete. Don't, <laughs> lot, there's a lot of injury later in life. Yeah, in gymnastics. I, I equate, everybody's always like, is that from jujitsu? I'm like, no, only my fingers are from jujitsu. Yeah, <laughs> but my and knees and my back is from gymnastics. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I think I've always just been an, an athlete, but like, it's funny cause you know, people get on Facebook and, you know, they'll see now that I do jujitsu and compete and stuff. And a lot of like my guy friends, I, I, so I, w I was a gymnast. I did cheerleading. I was the homecoming queen. I mean, people literally comment and they're like, Kelly, my maiden name's Farrell. They're like, Kelly Farrell? Oh my gosh. Like they would, have never, they would never have thought that I would have chose like a fighting sport. It's definitely not my normal personality. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I like felt, I fell in love with it. And um, now with the jujitsu, I, I love martial arts. I love the stand up. I, you know, I, I like teaching martial arts, but jujitsu for me, it's like, I just have a passion for it. I just really love it. It's the one thing that I can literally go out on the mat and I can escape. You have to be present. I mean, I'm sure you, you go through that when you're, when you go on your hunts, have like to you be present, have to be present. Have you can't be, be thinking about anything else. And it's the same thing with jujitsu. So for me, it's like my therapy. You know, I go out there on the mat and I literally just get to get sucked in and be away for an hour, you know? So I don't know. I, and, and the beauty of it is that with the martial arts at some point, you know, obviously doing it as long as I have, um, you know, you can only jab one way, cross one way, hook one way, you know, it's like at some point, you know, the you're doing the same thing. And so, but with the jujitsu, it's different. It's ever changing. It's always moving. I mean, the way I do an arm bar on Aaron is going to be different than the way I do an arm bar on you. You're not going to um, do an arm bar on me. I'm not even going to let you have a chance. Yeah, <laughs> I'm running. Not till you come to class. I'm yeah, I'll come in. I'm going to come in there. I want to come in there and roll and just. You need to. It's you so much fun. You I'm so definitely 100% bringing Alyssa in this week to meet you and get her going into class. She's eight. Oh my gosh, it's a perfect age. A hundred percent I'm bringing her in there. It would be good for her. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's what does it age. mean to be what does it mean to be level five certified with Leo Defense? What's oh, LEO? Yeah. What's Leo Defense? That's uh, law enforcement only. 
So law enforcement only uh, is with uh, Jerry Heller and Byron Craig. They uh, have a program for their law enforcement for the for RPD, and they uh, they teach their the defensive tactics. But then they also have this program that's post certified for. Uh, a lot. I have a lot of. I have a lot of cops that train with me. So Arturo Espinoza is also uh, RPD and a member of the SWAT team. Um, so they, uh, a lot of those guys do jujitsu. So they were doing this certification course, and so um, they asked me to come in and do it. So I was. I was literally like civilian in there doing the law enforcement court, handcuffing people. <laughs> it's kind of fun. So it was level five, the first yeah, one level, le- No, they certified me all the way through to level five, uh, but predominantly based on the fact that I was already a black belt in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu and then because of my martial arts background. Uh, so I went through all level. They have level one through five. So so when you, when, you, when you have, you have all this background and there's still the level of competition in you, you can go through this training and you have this team behind you and you got these cops behind you and they're teaching you how to handcuff and you are a good enough athlete. You have all of these different, um, I guess, talents that allow you to do this. But still now, I'm picturing you when you walk on to the mat and you have the crowd watching you and it's the world championships. Like, I'm a huge wrestling fan, so I just watched the Pan Am Games this last weekend. We went 10 for 10 as Americans, Jordan Burroughs and Magic Man and David Taylor, and they all won all gold medals. We went 10 for 10. That's amazing. And so, but I watch these guys when they're down there on that mat and the, 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 the mental capacity that they have to have to keep going and, and to keep winning these world titles. You're in your world title. Now you walk out and that you have a guy that says, you, you know, bow, I'm picturing this mm-hmm. now. I want you to lead me through this. Do you start standing up? Do you have to get a throw and get somebody down into a position to choke them out, to armbar them, to submit them? They tap, the ref sees it. Is it like an MMA? Is it like a UFC, a Bellator, or one pride or pride or something? Or is it really like you? There's no chance of injury in this, and the ref's going to stop it before. Um, how does it work in the in the World Championships for jujitsu? <laughs> yeah, no, there's a chance of injury. Um, there is, but just fingers. your fingers, just your fingers. <laughs> my, my fingers are jacked. Um, uh, yeah, no, there's a chance for injury. Uh, the mental the the mental side of it is is huge. You know, I, I think. Um, you know, I train with, uh, Robert Bland. He, he does my like physical workouts, but I, I came up under Matt and when I was doing MMA and then also, uh, you know, recently. And what I've always learned from Matt is the mental game. And are you talking about Matt Pendola? Matt Pendola. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he was always like that, you know, Man, I, I went through a period where it was just like silver medal, silver medal, bronze, silver medal, silver medal. I was like freaking silver medal. Like I was going to throw it in the silver, ocean. Silver looks good on you, Kelly. Oh, God. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I can remember, I can remember Matt going, you're just, you're giving too much energy. So when I go to those tournaments, a lot of times I've got all a bunch of other students competing as well. Um, you know, so I'm coaching and I'm there, I'm taking care of them, making sure, you know, I had a couple of people that would take a lot of energy, you know? Um, and I had to find a, uh, I had to find a space for myself when I go down to those tournaments. Uh, Masters Worlds is nice because we compete first. Our students compete after they, they let the black belts go first, which makes it a lot better for us. Um, 
as coaches and competitors. Um, but, uh, for me, I had to take the time out for me and not feel guilty for that. So I had to be able to verbalize with my students like, hey, we're here, um, but I'm here too. And uh, I need my space. Like I need my, like I got to do my normal planning that I do. I can't like falter in that uh, for my mental preparation. And so I really took that into consideration because Matt was like, you're, you're just not you don't have the time. You're not setting the time aside for yourself and you're letting all these other people kind of take your energy away and your focus away. And uh, so I did, I I finally like really let that sit with me. And, um, and then, you know, obviously Robert, I train with, um, Robert too, but Robert and Matt are like, they're like two different people. You know, you've got Matt, he's like, clean cut, super handsome. You know, it's like Mr. Scientist, like everything is like, like it's literally down to like the movement of, of how I like squat. And I mean, everything is like so scientific. And then you have Robert who's literally cussing at me and throwing things at me and like yelling, yelling at me. But I need both. I need both of those things because my sport is unpredictable. My sport is physical. It's um, scary at times, you know, so it's like, but yet I'm also putting a beating on my body. So I need that. Like, I need to make sure that my body is in alignment. I need to make sure that I'm doing things right, that I'm training at a, at a, at a good level, or I'm taking a break when I'm supposed to take a break. Um, so I had to kind of find a balance in all of that. And, um, you know, the last championship I literally was there. I have my kind of my ritual of things that I do and, I just went away from everybody else. Probably the only person that I let in my space is, is Arturo or my husband. And, um, and so, you know, I went behind the bleachers, put my headphones in, got focused. And finally, for the first time, I think it was Josh Hinger. You can, you'll have to look him up. He's awesome. You would love all of his, all of his like posts on Instagram. What's what's his last name? Josh Hinger. And that's what's Hinger. in your headphones, or is it Cindy no. Lauper? So or Josh is it Hinger, or what? Josh Cindy Hinger Lauper. is a part of the Atos Jiu-Jitsu team, but he is like one of the best in the world right now. Like he is just phenomenal in his competitive spirit and the way he works. And he's older; he's in his late thirties. So, um, so I really kind of look at him and and follow him. But he, that weekend, they had Masters Worlds, they had the Vegas Open going on, and they had Nogi, the Nogi Vegas Open going on. He competed in all three and like kicked ass. But I watched him compete in the Vegas Open for the first time because I'm like, man, how does he do it? He just wins. Like he always is just winning, winning. And he's like, Kelly, don't worry. It's going to happen for you. You just got to, you got to believe in it and you got to focus. Justin told you this? Uh, Josh. Yeah. I mean, Josh. Yeah. And so I watched him and I don't know what it was, but it clicked that on that Thursday. And I... I was like, oh my gosh, like he's walking over there in his flip-flop, sets his bag down, gets on the mat and like literally just looks like he are, he, he knows he's going to win. And I was like, I have to be like that. Like I have to think that, you know, you have those moments in the gym where, you know, I'll roll with certain people or, you know, and I'm like, oh yeah, like I can kind of decide, like I'm going to arm bar them or I'm going to do this. Right. You know, you just know you're going to win you know, those certain people. And then you have those matches where you're like, Oh, I don't know how this is going to go. And then you get in your head and you play this mental thing. And that's what happens in competition. I mean, we're all training hard. We're all good. We are all there in that moment, you know? Um, 
And so for me, it was getting into that mental space and confidence of, no, this is mine. Like I've been doing this too long and like, this is my day and, and I'm winning today. You know, like I finally did that. And it was so clear. If you, you know, my, my first match was the one that I was probably most proud of, not the, not the finals match, but the first match, I mean, you can see it. It was like, "Mm -mm, not today. Like (laughs) nobody's taking me out today. And it, it was probably my best jujitsu ever in a, in a tournament, but it was definitely was mental. You know, I was sitting there like, I'm going to win today. When I got done with that one, I was like, yeah, I'm going to win today. And I walked over to Arturo. He was like, you're going to win this. You could like see it in my face. How many matches are in one day? Um, three, you could have anywhere from like two, two to five, depending on how many people are in your bracket, you know? So yeah, that day was, it was an awesome day. And then, you know, I, I remember going into my, my last, my finals match and, uh, I had Andre Gaval, who obviously is the founder of the organization, you know, he's the man, you know, he's in one corner and I have Arturo in the other corner and, you know, my, normally I pull guard. So you were asking like, do you walk on the mat and you have to take somebody down? You know, you can do a takedown or you can pull, pull them into your guard and work from there. Uh, which I've always done before. And this time I was like, no, I think I'm going to be on top. Like I'm going to try to do a takedown. I'm going to get on top. And that's what I did in the first match. And then the other girl, uh, in my finals match, really good guard. So I knew she was going to want to pull guard. So Andre was like, beat her to the guard pool. You know, he's sitting right here going, pull guard, Kelly, pull guard. And then I've got Arturo on this side going, don't pull guard, don't pull guard. (laughs) And I'm like, crap, you know, like, what am I, which one am I going to do? You know, but I was feeling good about being on top and I knew that the girl was going to pull guard. And so I just didn't let her lock it up and passed. And the rest was, you know, history after that, but I this is your doing, second world title. Yeah. This is number two. Yeah. Just this last August. And it was so, like, is that it? Or are you going to go again? Oh yeah. No, I'll go back. <laughs> August. August, August, 2019. Vegas, Vegas. Or should we all go down? Are you going to go down and watch her? I should. I've never actually. Is it open to the public to watch? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anybody can come and watch. And it is. Um, it's amazing. I mean, the level August of competition. August what? What day? You know? It's the last weekend in August, usually, or like the 22nd, 23rd, around it's that time. It can't be Labor Day weekend. Right? No. They wouldn't do no, Labor Day. So no, Labor Day is August 31st, so it would be like the, 20, the yep, 23rd or the 24th. weekend before. 24th. Mm-hmm. We should go down there for it. Yeah. Make a road yep. trip. Party all. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw your after party. Oh, yeah, gosh. let's do yeah. it. <laughs> it's so after fun. party going on Vegas it'll style. Be, it'll be awesome. Yep. I'm excited for it. I think that's what it was, though. I just had to get... And then after that, it was just like... I've just been on a roll. It's been kind of nice. You know? We'll have Fight to Win Pro. We'll be down here. Any feelings and, ever go through your mind that that's not good enough? Like you should have been a UFC champion and it pisses you off that you didn't go further in the no. actual in the actual MMA? Does it? Do you ever think back like... Man, I, I wish I'd have had more chances in there and been a, in a, been a Ronda Rousey type girl or more more. Do you want more notoriety? Does the world? Do you need more celebrity in your daily life, or are you happy right now that you can still walk in public and not everybody blows you up? Like when you walk, you're just an unassuming girl. Like you look at you and you're just like, yeah, she looks like maybe she ran track or something. I don't know. <laughs> and then when you really start, like I said, peeling back those those the the layers of that onion. But personally, do you ever wish like, what if, or do you have any regrets at all? No, you know, obviously I started MMA a lot 
um, later in life. I was 36 when I was over at Jackson. So, um, I was pretty old, you know, and then, and then there was no women in the USC. So the time, you know, the timing just wasn't right. And so I trust in that and, you know, I can still do jujitsu on a competitive level. And I think that's really where my expertise are. So, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't have any regrets. I, I am excited to see where I can go. I want to, I think my biggest thing is just finding balance with running the business and, uh, still being able to compete, uh, because I really, I still really do love it. It's, it's what motivates me and keeps me happy. You know, it keeps you young. Yeah, it does keep me young. When do you, when are you going to compete Aaron? She has. Uh, I have, yeah, a couple of She's local. like playing a video game. I coached her in a, her tournament and it's like, grab her collar. And she was like, grabs a collar. And you're like, move to the right, move to the left. And she literally listens. Like, she's I mean, coachable. she's so coachable. I'm getting, I'm getting the jujitsu bug. It's taken me a lot longer than the, the martial arts, but I do enjoy it. I yeah. do. Arturo was like, holy crap. Yeah, are you good. Are you saying in so many words you're going to? Go for your jujitsu black belt, a ten-year. Oh journey? yeah, I was gonna say if I, I mean, I'll same with that, and I'll I'll keep I'll keep going. You She's know, almost a blue belt. Right I'll now. get there. She's gonna get there. She's it's so, so what? So what does the word conviction mean, Kelly? I think conviction is passion. It's um, intent. You know, intention behind what it is that you're doing, um, but with with that passion, you know, there's a great saying, I I should pull it up. I'll pull it up. You can talk to Aaron, um, that I have in the gym by Muhammad Ali. And, uh, I have it in there because it has a conviction on there. So it's a good example of what conviction is for sure. I shouldn't memorize it, huh? I I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of long. Don't make me memorize. Ask Aaron a question and I'll pull it up for you. I don't want to ask Aaron a question anymore. I want to know. He's done talking. (laughs) No, I love talking to Aaron. Uh, yeah, hopefully my stepdaughter doesn't kill me for talking about her on the podcast. She's only first degree black belt. What, she's a what, first, what, what, the first degree. what the hell yeah. did she do to you? No, she's awesome. She's, I'm just proud. I just really am. Like, I know that I said that it, it was a struggle for us, you know? Um, but you know, I do at the, at the end of the day, I do believe that it made, uh, you would do it again. Us. You would do it again. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And I know that she would too. Did it and cause problems with you and her dad or was he supportive of you the whole time? of how you No, he was her? supportive. He was supportive for sure. Absolutely. hundred percent supportive. You know, it definitely caused conflict in, in the house a little bit. I mean, any, anytime there's, but that you know, could, struggle, that could, that could you know, that's over a bad report card. Yeah, exactly. That's happen. Exactly. But I mean, but you are a role model, this girl, your relationship with her is strong. You're a mentor to her. You guys are loving to each other. Yeah. It's not like it put this void in your life no, uh, no. Or, or split you guys up. Right. No, it definitely made, I think it, it made us stronger, but on, on, you know, not even our relationship, I think just for me in general. And I know for, for her father, like is that we actually taught her to, you know, finish what you started. That's awesome. You know, such a good trait. It is. Yeah. It really is. Oh, that's but it. That, I don't know. I think so. The Muhammad Ali. Oh yeah. It's the repetition of affirmations that leads to belief. And once that belief becomes a deep conviction, then things begin to happen. Say it again. So it's the repetition of affirmations that leads to belief. And once that belief becomes a deep conviction, things begin to happen. So That's con- Muhammad Ali. 
wonder if he came up with that on himself. That's pretty, that's like pretty smart. Yeah. That's a sharp say. I know, right? Yeah. So I have that in the gym because it said so that. So you have that in the gym. And when, yeah. you, when, you're, when, you're going, when you go under the bleachers and you tell yourself, today's my day, I'm carpe diem, I'm going to whip some ass today. <laughs> what song's playing in the headphones? Oh, you know what? I have an amazing playlist and it's so random. <laughs> I've got move, get out the way. Get out the, do you know that song? Okay, that's in there. Um, no, but the one so song are you that... A, are you a hip hop girl? You're I like am. I do like... I do. When I train, when I'm training like hard, uh, I've got D, DMX yeah. playing. Ludacris um, and DMX. But like if I'm in my car, I've got country on. Yeah. So... Um, in my headphones, I've got a mixture of of some Christian music and also uh, um, reggae. So one day by Modest Yahoo. Oh yeah, that's one of my favorite songs. So you're training so. to reggae? No, you're, I trained to DMX. Coming off, you're coming off. You're coming off of a training session. <laughs> but before I get it, before yeah, I get go. on the mat, I actually listen to One Day. Um, that's one of, it's one of my favorite songs. I don't know why I think it's the words. It's a vibe. It like, it up, uplifts me. And then, uh, the other song is, uh, I'll find you, uh, by, uh, Tori Kelly. It's, it's a song about, uh, somebody fighting cancer. And, um, you know, we had one of our purple belts that passed away, uh, recently this, gosh, it's almost, it's been over a year now. And um, he found out he had cancer, and it was literally four weeks later. And he pancreatic. Uh, no, it was malignant. It was a oh, it was a malignant. God, I hate that word. I wish you guys could kick the shit out of that word sometimes. I know. And so, uh, you know, he was just he was one of my core guys. You know, if I look back at like a group of guys that I have in my jujitsu that are loyal in. Uh, you know, just got my back, you know, he was one of those guys and his name was Ryan Heisel. And so that song reminds me of him. And so he was just, you know, everybody always will send me texts and good luck and this and that. But like Ryan always before any one of my tournaments, he, he was either there or he would always send me a message in, um, it was always like, he's a man of few words. He's like kind of shy, big guy, didn't really talk a lot. But whenever he sent me a message, it was like always like super profound, you know? And, uh, uh, that song just reminds me of him. So I listened to that song and it like, I don't know. It just gives me like, gives me wings. So I like it. And now his wife, uh, took over his spot. So she always sends me a message in his place now. So for your competition. Yeah. And I called her when I was done, um, after the world championships. And I was like, I had that song on and I swear that Ryan was with me. And I know, like, I don't know. I did. It just, but that's a belief. That's a it conviction is. part of it. It is. You it can't, was totally you cannot a be successful in life without that word in your life. You just nope. can't. I mean, the Mm-mm. people, that's why I wanted to talk to you when I, when I started going through, you know, I sat down with Zach and I, he mentioned you and these guys have been talking to you for years. Well, the word conviction to me has always been a huge part of my vocabulary with whatever you do, because by no means was I God's gift to baseball, but I wanted to be, I wanted to show them that I belonged. And I, I think that you go through life, you can either go through the motions or you have that word. And what that, you know, that belief that you're talking about of hearing that song and putting you 
at that mental state to where you're, whether you're, you know, you're breathing and you're using your systematic breathing and you're learning how to control your diaphragm and all that, whatever that song's doing to you, it's, you've done it enough times like that Muhammad Ali quote, the repetition has now got you in a place to where I'm here. It's a belief. It's a belief. Yeah. I'm, I'm convicted of this. And I think that that's, I think that that's why people listen to music or have a thought or come read a quote from somebody. It's, it's easy just to read a quote, but to internalize it and really understand what that quote by Muhammad Ali means. It's, it's one of those things where God dang, he uses big words like affirmations. Well, once you learn what affirmation means, then the quote really is laid out to where, Oh yeah. Yes. That is what life's all about. It doesn't matter if it's loving your spouse or raising your kid. If you read that quote, those affirmations are everything. It's, mm-hmm. you've got to have them in life. You're going to have them in life. It's naturally. So I think finding little things like that, that's why I ask you what's in your headphones. Yeah. That's and a big it's part. not, it's not, D, it's not <clears throat> DMX. It's so weird. It's like, I train to that, but I'm definitely, uh, I think that's probably why I like country. You know, my, my husband used to never listen to country and he'd make fun of me. Um, as long as it's not now, Florida Georgia line and it's somebody like Willie Nelson or some yeah, like good country. Yes. So, so he loves Johnny Cash. See, there you yeah. go. So you know, he listens, he listens. I always listen to the words, you know, like I'm just that way. I don't know why. I just like to listen when it's something meaningful, you know, yeah, lyrics so, are everything. So Symbolism. that's why those songs are on my headphones. Cause the words and the symbolic nature of the song, you got to go. Makes me good. You have training right now. Are you training somebody right now? No, you got to go get me. Go, I help in her class every Monday, so I have to be there to help out uh-huh. at two fifteen. <laughs> okay, well, we're gonna stay. We're gonna be talking with you again soon about All right. where you're at in your second degree Thank journey. Thank you. All right, I'll, is that gonna? She's be? killing it. Call me in an hour. Make sure I'm still alive. I will. I'll check in on you. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. See you tomorrow. Yes. See you tomorrow. Yep. You better show up tomorrow oh. to the gym. <laughs> better be up in the convention. So have you, when you're going through any of this, what is, what, we're coming to the end of this deal and I, and I, I think that there's a lot more to talk about. I mean, I don't, when I go into a, a conversation with a, you're a complete stranger to me. I've never yeah. met you before today. <laughs> and I think that there's a lot that goes into, you know, getting to know the real person, you know, like who yeah. really is Kelly Parati and what is, what, and I think that we've done a good job of that today. And that's, I think that people are going to take away from it more than your championships and more than your success yes, as, I hope so. as a business owner, <laughs> that there's a lot more to people. And I think that, you know, getting down to the nuts and bolts and in the weeds of somebody and understanding what their convictions are is like, I think it really is. I keep going back to it. I think that that's the secret of life. And you keep getting emotional because you understand that the guy that passed away, it means a lot. How do you tie that into your daily success, your daily regimen, your daily, you know, just everything that you go through in a day is your routine going to be the same every day. You're going to have road bumps. You're going to have things that are going to cause ups and downs. And I think your lifestyle has taught you how to deal with that stuff. And I think that what you're doing for Aaron and what Aaron does for me and how it just kind of transcends and just keeps going. Yes. Right. And that's what that school is all about. That's what your instruction is all about. Yeah. I hope, I hope so. I mean, I created the place because I wanted there to be, I wanted it to be a sense of family. You know, I wanted people to feel comfortable and I wanted it to be a place where anybody can come and do it. You know, you don't have to be an Aaron, you know, I know people will look at her and go, well, yeah, look at her. You know, I can't, it, yeah, she, of course she can get her black belt. I mean, she's in phenomenal shape and a total athlete, but you know, I've got people in there that you wouldn't guess that about and, and they're phenomenal black belts. So, you know, I think it just, 
I wanted to create an environment where everybody felt welcome. And so I think, I think we've done that, you know, and in, in the jujitsu too, you know, I, uh, being a female, you know, teaching the jujitsu, um, you know, is definitely, a you know, will work against you as far as being successful. Cause you have guys that want to learn jujitsu and they're going to come in there like, Oh, I'm going to learn from her. It's like this little, little girl that's going to teach me jujitsu, you know? But, uh, I think I've weeded out the meatheads and, and the guys that are training with me are guys that actually really want to learn. And, uh, and they like the, they like the way that I teach. Um, but, uh, so I don't know. I think good people attract good people. Maybe that's what it is. I think so too. That's so a secret. To I got success. a lot. I've got a lot of really great people in my gym. Right. You know, I don't have a ton, but the ones that I do have are awesome. Is it easy to? Can you become walk in there tomorrow and become a member? I could come sign up for a class yep. and see if it's for me. Yep. Absolutely. Do you, do you ever? Did you ever want to be a ninja? No. Never. Never. Like growing up as a kid, I was like, Mary you know, Lee girly. Ratton. Yeah. Totally. I think a ninja would be so freaking cool, like show Kazugi and blow darts and Chinese I'm stars. I'm going to show you and... how to make a ninja thing with your t-shirt. Yeah, what, the headband? Yeah. You yeah. can make a total ninja mask with your t-shirt. Really? You got to <laughs> poke holes in it? Nope. You just see through the top of it? <laughs> totally. I think, totally. I think I, I don't know, man. I think, isn't that like the ultimate form of martial arts or is it Hoist Gracie? I mean, you got to be like a, from the Gracie family. To, the, like that's like the royalty of jujitsu, right? Yeah. I mean, jujitsu, obviously, you know, they helped to make it super popular and uh, those guys are amazing. Um, but I think now, because just like any sport, you know, it evolves and there's a lot of really uh, amazing jujitsu practitioners and instructors and teachers and, you know, uh, the organization that I'm a part of now, uh, Atos under Andre Gabal. I mean, they are the innovators of jujitsu. They are modern jujitsu. They're the ones that are, you know, putting everything to the test and creating and evolving. So, uh, I think that's why I love being a part of that association so much, you know, and then they're all just awesome people. So you, you think that that's the secret though, is that if you can find the right core, the right support system, that's what you really are providing at Conviction. It's not just about coming in there and training with a world-class jiu-jitsu instructor or a, somebody that's won all these world championships or, or trained yeah. with Greg Jackson. You you have a you have a, a system down there and a support cast that that gets it now. And it took years to get there. It took a long time to get that. And now you feel like, oh, I can breathe a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, even when we, you know, I know people always tell me, they're like, Cal, man, you should you should, you know, promote yourself so much more on social media and do all this stuff. And, you know, it's funny. It's like, you see people that will win and they'll, it, there's a side where I'm like, yeah, you know, I do, I post here and there, but maybe not as much as I could or, or should, I hate that word should. Um, but, uh, um, you know, that's not what it's about for me. And really, honestly, like some, sometimes people are going to say, oh, cool. She's a, a world champion. But then, you know, if somebody's bringing their four-year-old to me, they don't care if I'm a world champion. You know what I mean? They just want to know that I'm a good person and that I can teach kids. Well, you know, so, uh, you know, the titles don't really mean anything. I think the reputation in the community is what means something. And so for me, you know, I've always just made it a point to, uh, you know, be a good person and to give back to my community and to 
obviously be a good instructor and take care of the students that I have. And, you know, I think that when you were in Reno, as long as I've been in Reno, I think uh, it definitely will work for you if you have made a good name for yourself in the community. So that's really where I think my success lies is, is making sure that, you know, I'm, I'm making that name for myself, not necessarily the medals and the championships. It's very well said. Very well said. You get it. Like it's a, it's, it's cool to be around people that get it and understand, you know, what it takes to get there and what it takes to be, you know, different, what it takes to, to, to not necessarily stand out, but to have that thought process or that, that thinking, that way of thinking of saying, Hey, I'm going to, I want to be known in the community as somebody that can take your kid or yourself to the next level. I want to support you. I want to be there for you. I want you to be able to lean on me. And I think that emotion and I think that the word conviction, I think that all of that plays into that. And when I, I think that that's the message that is coming out of this is that, Hey man, there's really just one way to live life. And that it really is. It sounds arrogant or, and I'm not saying it's my way or your way. I'm just saying that that's the way, man, that is the way to do it. Don't quit having fun. Don't, but there's so much that goes into living a fulfilled life. And I think that that word conviction resonates with fulfillment and a belief and repetition and, and making, you know, finding something something to believe in. It doesn't matter if it's mixed martial arts or if it's crocheting or if it's surfing, find something that holds you accountable and gets your belief system going. And that you can, that you can go to that and look to that as a relief or as therapy. Like you use jujitsu for therapy, training for therapy, whatever. I use a lot of different things for therapy. I don't think that there's anything wrong with admitting that we all need therapy. We all need somebody to talk to. Absolutely. And I, and, and, you know, I've seen psychiatrists, I've sat on dog, on couches I've went through I, I still do that and there's nothing wrong with it I'm open about it I'm transparent yeah. if you're not going to tease me I'm not talking about you per- personally I'm saying nobody's going to come at me and go oh you need to you need to go talk to a psychic I mean, yeah, yeah we all do and that's why I think this form of communication transparency talking eye to eye not the instant messaging not the texting mom I love you really well that's probably not good enough you know it's a lot more that goes into a relationship or a, being a good communicator than just this way that we do it today or that's so easily accepted today so I think that that way of 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 being convicted to learn about people and the, to not just think that, Oh man, I got life wit because there's so much shit going on out there. Uh, I think I live a fulfilled life because of what I get to do. And then I meet somebody like you and I'm like, man, look at what's going on here. She's challenging herself every day. And it, it, it it's intriguing. It's inspirational. And I think that that's where you need to pat yourself on the bat is that you're doing something that really is providing this thought process to somebody to make them a better person in the end to give them this mental capability of kicking life's ass and life in so many ways can beat the shit out of you on a daily basis. And I'm talking like life can be a, you know what, it can be a bitch or it can be even a mother effort. Mm -hmm. It really truly can. Mm -hmm. And there's no, there's no way to get around it except of taking it head on and saying, Hey, I can go lay on a couch and hide my head in the sand, but that isn't going to get me anywhere. I want to be convicted. I want to have conviction in life of saying, Hey, 
I'm ready to take it on. I got the mental aptitude to do this. I'm ready. I'm, I did climb a tree and I did hug it, bear hug it like I was a koala bear for a minute, but I got through it and I got my black belt and now I can get through this. And if it just gives Aaron a little bit of that mindset of like, I can do this, then that's what it was for. Mm-hmm. Aaron's not going to get in a fight with me and beat the shit out of me. No. She didn't do it for that. So I think that what you're doing is awesome. I'd like to, t- you know, get more into it when you have time, um, you know, follow yeah, your journey a little bit more. I love to see people on a journey and that they have... That they're kicking ass daily and that they have all of these well-rounded people around them that are a good support system because you're only successful as the people that you surround yourself with. Yes. And I say it all the time. It's almost like, man, I'm not friends with that guy anymore. Or I, I haven't heard from that guy forever. And people are going to come in and out of our lives every day. And that's another thing that's hard to get used to in life. Cause you're like, what did I do? What happened for one reason or the other? It doesn't matter. The, it, it happens. People are coming into your life. People are going out of your life. And it's the ones that really stick with you. Like the Zacks mm-hmm. that are, are, are going to be there at the end, but those are few and far between. Yeah. And part of maturing and part of getting through life is, is realizing, and that. realizing that and not beating yourself up. Because I can tell by meeting you today that you, you have the personality that you could potentially beat yourself up because you're so passionate about life. And that's how I am. And then when I lose part of it, I'm like, son of a bitch. And I'm drilling myself. What mm-hmm. did I do? I got to make up for this. I got to figure out a way to fix this. I got to, when I, when really, maybe it wasn't even my fault. Maybe yeah. it was meant to be. And yeah. that's why we're going to end it by saying this. Everything in life does happen for a reason. We talk today for a reason bigger than just this podcast going out into whatever air streams it goes into and goes into people's ears, whatever way they're getting their content. Life is more than that. The, everything in life happens for a reason. Your your emotion today taught me things. My Hopefully something that I said or that I did today makes you go, man, that's, that's cool that that's out there. But everything in life happens for a freaking reason. So when you're in high school and that breakup happens, Mm -hmm. or if you're in your thirties and that guy cheats on you, because I've been there, I've been that guy. I'm Mm -hmm. not afraid to admit it. I've gone through my turmoils in life, but everything happens. That guy cheated on you for a reason. Mm -hmm. It benefited you in the long run. Mm -hmm. As bad as that sounds to say, it's frick or as hard as that is to hear. And I'm not trying to, you already know this, but I think when you said that, it's dead on. And I live that every way. I live. I lost the sponsor today. I lost, I literally was with this sponsor for eight years, okay? 30 days ago, after they lied to me, we got cut. And I'm like, I'm not going to say their name because really, I don't, whatever. But I sat down. And I was at this table right here. And I'm sitting down going, I was just with them in Vegas. They just told me that everything's done. It's fine. Led me on. Took the ability of me to go out and replace that income away from me. Then they cut me and I go, it doesn't matter. There's a big, there's bigger thing. No, I didn't have a backup plan for it. I didn't go, Oh, I already got this one ready to go. Come on. But I knew, I told myself, I said, something's getting ready to go down. Something bigger is coming. Not, Mm -hmm. not that I'm being religious and not that I'm being a Bible thump. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just saying my spirit told me something is better is coming. They would, they had no reason to drop me otherwise. We did everything the right way. I, there, we did ethically, safety-wise, professional-wise, content delivery-wise, giving them more bang for their buck-wise. We did everything perfect. They can't take anything away from us. So that tells me, as a boyfriend, as a wife, as a husband, as a mother, as a father, I'm doing everything in my power to be not perfect, but to do what I can. So if something happens, you can't sit there and beat yourself up over it every day. You got to be like, hey, Something better is getting ready to happen. Something bigger is getting ready to happen. Something in my life is coming and I'm going to be prepared for it. I got this belief system. I've been following this for, I've been going daily with my 
routine, repetition. I got it all down. I'm, I'm rocking it. So when something bad comes my way, that's all right. That's all right. That ain't my kryptonite. It ain't going to beat me up. I'm not Superman, but by sure, you sure as hell ain't going to beat me up just by telling me that you're not going to pay me this amount of money anymore or let me represent your company. That ain't going to beat me up. Nope. I, but but five years ago, I would have wore that. I would have been down in the dumps. I would have taken it so personal. And life is about getting through that part of it and being able to realize, whoa, it's so much better when I can smile at it. Of course, I get a little angry, but that's human emotion. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just like, you know what? Take a deep breath. I'm rolling that. And I wish I'd have known that when I was married. I wish I'd have known that before some of those fights I got into in my life or, or arguments or stuff that really was detrimental to a relationship or something. I wish I could have just been like, hey, it's all right. And that's all the right. timing, right? It's the timing, yeah. So anyway, today taught me a lot about that, seeing how emotional you get. I think that people need to, to, to hear stuff like that because everybody has a story. And if you don't, you need to find it. You need to start writing one. You need to start telling one. You need to start figuring out what is your, maybe not legacy going to be, but what's your story going to be? Because maybe you don't want a legacy. We're not all, we're not all going to be Rick Revilio. We're not all going to be Jack Revilio. We're not all going to be able to do what they did. But if I can go to Ricky and sit with him for 15 minutes, like I'm doing tomorrow, that's pretty much about the amount of time I get with Ricky because he's so busy. But if I can go in there and take something out of it, that's what I'm going in there for. And I told him on a text, I texted him, I said, look, I'm, I, I, all I need right now, he, cause he want to know what, why I want to sit down with him. Cause he knows I'm always com coming at him with tons of different ideas. I said, well, I don't need anything. I just need your blessing and your approval. And right when he heard that, he goes, bam, done. Let's go. Let's talk. Because a lot of people that come at somebody like Ricky have yeah. like something like, Oh, I need a donation or I need this. I don't need that from Ricky. That's the last thing I need from anybody. I want his blessing because he's a guy that maybe your students look up to you. Like I look up to Ricky of being like, that is what a community leader is. That's having a name in the, in the, in the local area of being somebody that just isn't taking your money as, as being a kingpin in the, in the business that he's in. He's yeah. really a true person that has found a way to get his team to believe in his ways. And that's why he doesn't have a revolving door of employees. Yeah. There's, and then that it, speaks volumes. Volumes. I think and that's how the Coranos do it. Mm -hmm. I know, I know Anthony and Gary and I know all of the same people you do in this area. The Squagas. There's people that are working in the oyster bar that are 80 that have been yeah. there since they were 30. Yep. So that tells you like that's conviction. If you can do that with your employees, with your loved ones, with your family and, and, and understand that some of them are going to come, some of them are going to go. It's everything happens for a reason. And that's what conviction is to me. So what you're doing is badass. Congratulations <laughs> on all the championships, but Thank more so you. congratulations on what you're doing for people like Aaron and Mia and Matt and your friendships and Zach and Zach's dad. And when Zach's dad hears this or Zach hears this, maybe that'll a, a, a light will go off in his head and go, man, it's unbelievable what the human spirit can do for somebody because that $30,000 meant nothing as far as materialistic bullshit goes. That meant everything of the human spirit. And that's why he's a badass individual. And that's why mm -hmm. Zach was raised the right way. And it all just keeps transcending. You agree? So that's true. what life's about. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. You know, I think, you know, it's moments like this. I always love, I always love moments like this. And then even just listening to Aaron, because you know, on those hard days of being a business owner, it reminds you of why you do what you do, you yeah. know? 
this you is know. this is why I do what I do. This yeah, and is I wanted why to get I, I wanted it. to get you on here just to tell that because and I want to I want to know more about it. your story is really spectacular. It's really badass and it's cool <laughs> and it's so freaking awesome how humbling you hum, how humbled you are by it. your humility is what makes you the badass that you are. And that's why Gene is badass. That's why you meet somebody that you know has it going on and they don't let you know that they have it going on. That's the secret, man. It's like wow, that's cool. <laughs> That is freaking cool. So anyway, the next time we talk, I want I'll I'll have a whole more I'll have a little bit more background information on the the mixed martial arts because I kind of do want to get I, I not kind of I really do want to get more detailed into what it takes to become a qualified martial artist because there's way more that goes into that than what we touched on today. Oh, it's 100%. hard. I don't yeah. want people listening to this think, oh shit, you know, I can be four years old and go get my black. No, no. <laughs> this is hard. I've, I already know how hard it is. And it's, it's, it's even harder to do what you did on the Brazilian jiu-jitsu side, black yeah. belts. So kudos to you. Let's talk again. Thank you. Let's hook up as far as maybe getting Donald on this or talking to him because he is the, one of the most mentally tough dudes and, and just the, his approach in life is awesome. Yeah. I truly love a that lot, guy. A lot of those people out there are amazing. A lot of those athletes, you know, people, people don't realize, you know, I mean, I had a short period of time with them, um, but they became my, clo they became my close friends and, awesome. and, you know, I don't get to see them or talk to them much anymore at all. Um, but I know that if I were walking in a, a crowded room and saw them, they'd be like, Kel, yeah, you know, and, and, give, me, and give me a big hug. You know what we ought to do is we ought to call Donald and go to Coors Field in Denver for the Zach Brown concert. We go get him because I've met him a couple times at Zach Brown shows. And boom, we just go up there and watch it at Coors Field. We hang out and we go roll with him a little bit and do something. That would be awesome. We should start talking about I'll that. Send, I can send him a message and let him know. Yeah, tell, I'll, I'll get I'll the date of the concert. The I know that I know that he's playing. I know that Zach's playing at Coors Field again this summer sometime. We should figure that out and uh, go up there and, and see if Donald wants to go. As long as he's not training for McGregor. Oh, gosh. I hope he would Connor's ass. I'd be I, so I love Connor. Now, look, no, Connor's was... different, but he's talented. He's different. He's, 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 he's successful in his own way. I just hope Donald smacks that. <laughs> Me too, too, but I'm always a Donald fan, so. I love Donald Cerrone. Love him. This episode was brought to you by the 2019 North American Whitetail Championships. Get qualified to win $50,000 for only $300 at NAWTC.com. And remember, it's all archery. It's going to test your skills. Stay ethical. Stay safe. It's brought to you by Michael Waddell and the Bone Collector crew as well as Clint Walker at Wicked Outfitters in the great state of Kansas. Tell them that the Banded Foul Life crew sent you. And I'm telling you guys, it's going to be one of those things that's going to keep growing. So you might as well get involved in it right now in the foundation in its early stages. And today's episode is also brought to you and I'm letting a little cat out of the bag right now, but we got something special brewing with My Outdoor TV, Mo TV. Um, it's owned by the Outdoor Channel, the Sportsman's Channel, the World Fishing Network. And we have a cool deal popping right now with the foul life and a bunch of our properties we will have more details for you soon but it's going to be a great way for you to become a little bit more attached to the outdoors get out there and find your therapy whether it's on the lake whether it's in the woods whether it's chasing ducks over in africa on safari like your husband has done no he doesn't do the safari he doesn't no. find your inspiration in the outdoors the outdoors is everything to me i do not take it for granted i am humbled every day because because we are blessed to do this. It is a privilege. It is not a right. And there is no such thing as entitlement in my world. There's no such thing as entitlement in Kelly's world. If I had to guess, you got to work for it. So work for it. My Outdoor TV, it's coming at you soon. I can't wait to give you more details. Check us out at the foul life tv on instagram the foul life.com check out our store we got tons of new merchandise in there and season 11 of 
the foul life only on the outdoor channel exclusively airs right around june 28th july 1st all the way through december through christmas on the outdoor channel we're very proud of that and we got a lot of cool episodes coming for you and um we are getting ready to kick off our uh, hunting season for 2019 2020 back up in canada saskatchewan and alberta we'll have more details about that soon because we're thinking about taking a guest on a three-day trip up there so stay tuned to this life ain't for everybody i'm chad belding your host thank you so much for the support of it it's very humbling tom rashishin will you please hit that button and play leith lofton what you're going to do when the money's all gone thank you all i'd rather be poor living off in a hole than rich as hell without a soul Life on earth won't last that long What you gonna do when the money's all gone? Say life on earth won't last that long What you gonna do when the money's all gone?